Welcome to episode 4 of The Wrong Side of the Maelstrom. I'm your host Ian, and my co-host Jason will be along shortly. He's just getting back from going door-to-door asking people if they've heard of the greater good. This is a Warhammer 40k podcast based in southern Ontario, and in this episode we will be focusing on League play. In addition, we will be talking about Hop Progress, games we've played in the last little while, uh, rules lawyering segments focused on the new Katao Codex, uh, Warhammer Whiskey, and finally Beyond the Rim. Check out our Facebook page at facebook.com slash wrongsideofthemaelstrom, and you can check out our blog and updates at itoysoldiers.com. That's all one word. Alright, stay tuned and join us on the Wrong Side of the Maelstrom. You are now entering the wrong side of the maelstrom with your hosts Ian Clough and Jason McKendry. Hobby progress. So, Jason. Yes, sir. I did not reach my goal, but I got locked up. Oh, okay. You didn't reach your complete goal of, if you haven't listened to episode three, uh, the goal that I gave Ian, the challenge, the challenge, challenge. challenge was he had to completely paint his like HQ unit kind of your Archon with HQ and Elite. Yeah. Yeah. That you, that you run in almost every single game. You had to fully paint them, everything highlights and and base base them as well. Mm -hmm. Now you didn't base them. Came very close. Uh, to be fair, I was texting you yesterday. Yeah, being like, you I'm going to get a big... I didn't get back to you, yeah. Till the afternoon. I didn't like, have well, a signal, yeah. It takes 24 hours for it to dry. I'm going to be on the road roughly by yeah. then, and it's not going to work out. Yeah. yeah. So but, you came very, very close to, to finishing it. Yeah. But, however, you I, did pick up a whole other unit, and you painted it. Yeah. Unfortunately, because I failed my goal, I threw those miniatures in the garbage. So. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, so... Last episode, I swore I would be done buying for 2015, and I broke that promise hard. (laughs) Um, So, it's just within 7th edition 40k, Dark Eldar Codex does not cut it for ignoring cover. So I picked up some Wraithguard, box of Wraithguard, got a good deal on them, built them with D-sides, painted them up, all that from sprue to finished within the last... It's been a month since we recorded. So These models month. are beautiful too, man. Like, Oh, I love them. They look so sick. So if you haven't been on our Facebook page, I've posted pictures of them. I try to do really dynamic poses. Like, you've got Wraithguard barreling down the sights. You've got ones charging with their like shoulder ready to butt someone. Mm-hmm. So they're pretty good. I like them. I might go back and touch up. Their armor is white with... um red uh, loincloths and their guns and masks are black. And yeah, I think you have to highlight the white a little bit more. Yeah, it's a little rough shot. It look, I, I'm going for like a rough look, but in some areas it's too rough. I think just a, a white highlight, like edge highlighting, will bring out That's a all the idea. detail in the yeah. model, but still leave that roughness of the kind of broken up white that you have going on across it. Yeah. so I would, I would try that. Went to Brimstone Gang's local Windsor store. Picked up a Ard coat, which is the gloss varnish from GW, and put it specifically just on the uh, helmets mm-hmm. of the Wraith Guard. And I think that turned out really well. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah. Also, got my Incubi done. I've owned these models forever. They're the old school third edition Incubi. 
and they're all edge highlighted, so it's like a base with two layers of edge highlighting and stuff. You got the uh, Clavex or the Incubi Master, as I prefer to call them. He's got his cloak on from the Astrobale Vec model, like purple on the inside, black on the outside, red armor, white face mask. Yeah, I know the. I love the purple cloak, man. Yeah, that turned out really well. Yeah. In the Archon, same sort of deal, same cloak, same armor, and he's got this Jay. If you can see, like. It's the fifth ed Archon model, so he's got this like animal pelt on the shoulder. Oh, yeah, and I yeah. did that white kind of tied in with the Incubi yeah. with the white mask. Mm -hmm. The sword I did bone colored, which is supposed to be the husk blade, even though running is a Dijon blade, but the model's a husk blade, so that's I what like I it. Means. I like the No, the I think it looks blade. good. Yeah. I was gonna do like a purple or red kind of wash to it, but I just did straight bone. Have you added close up photos of him on Facebook? I Took them. I think you did the. Uh, oh, okay. Um, it's yeah, been a busy month. Yeah, you should so. add the close-up photos. <laughs> yeah, it's good. I'll post them after we record. I think. And I also I got the uh, Eldar Farseer on the table. This is a Farseer Elith. Mm -hmm. So I made her for the last campaign I ran, and I'm running her now with the Wraith Guard to do like the proper allied detachment. I also ordered some Rangers, another Breathalyzer on the. Um, on the PayPal. Yeah, that shouldn't <laughs> happen. So I got I ordered some Rangers off eBay one night, drunk. But I already had the Farseer model, and I had the Wraith Guard, so I just needed a troop choice to round out the mm -hmm. allied attachment. So the Farseer is the Eldrad model. The sword is clipped off and replaced with the Dark Eldar Blast Pistol. And the staff is clipped. Man, I didn't even realize it was replaced. Oh, yeah. No, the staff is clipped, and the... Uh, Top of the staff is a dark elf, like, great weapon or something from the fantasy range. And the idea behind her is she's sort of like a corrupted farseer. And I made custom rules for her for the campaign finale a couple months back, where she has an Eldar Bla a dark elder blast pistol. She has a poison close combat weapon. And she's the warlord. She can, rule, rule, she can roll on the Eldar or the Dark Eldar table. Hmm. So she's sort of like falling to the dark side mm -hmm. type story. How have you? How many games have you used the Farseer in with your current Farseer you're using? Like your current list? Uh, well, my list that I ran tonight, yeah. that was the first time I ran that list. Oh, okay. I've ran her. I think that was the second game I've ran mm -hmm. her in. Oh, okay, cool. So she's pretty cool. She's like a runner is just a straight farseer, no upgrade. So she's got a witch blade, which is flesh bane. Not too many attacks, but like she's wounding on two plus. Yeah. So she's not bad in close combat, which honest. matches the unit that you put her with. Yeah, she goes with, with the, the put, yeah. and the archon. So she goes in there. She's got a three attacks on the charge. I think she's wounding on two plus, hitting on like usually four, mm -hmm. three or four. So she's not bad, and like. Tonight we were playing game, we'll get to it later, but she was buffing the Incubi quite nicely, mm -hmm. so... Yeah, I'm happy with that. I'm glad I had that model sticking around. Looks pretty good. I might go back and, like, do some white highlights, because her rune armor is, like, bone, and then she's got uh, purple robes, so mm -hmm. I might do a little bit of white to tie her in with the uh, Wraith Guard. Yeah, I think so, yeah. Um, and you got any goals? Um, I can get some basing done, and... One thing I need to do is get my second Ravager built because it's still like yeah, halfway that's right. through. It's like half yeah. And the league I just signed up for doesn't allow proxies, so that needs to be finished. Yeah, yeah. And otherwise, that get some take, vehicles. It shouldn't take too long. No, that's like an evening. Yeah. Uh, I need to get some 
painting done on vehicles, a couple of just most of my dark color vehicles are yeah. painted. So, mm -hmm. yeah. How about you? So, um, I think at the end of the last podcast, I had finished my ethereal and I had just bought a Kaju Fireblade. I think so. Um, I don't think I painted it or anything. I think I just built it. That you based it. it. Had I based well, it? I don't, I don't think I had. Um, so I think you based I, it. But I finished him not 100%, maybe like 95%. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, no, he's looking pretty sick. Mm -hmm. I, when I first glued him to the base, I was like, oh, do I want to use that exact same base that like everybody that owns one mm -hmm. is going to have? Maybe I want to customize him a little bit more. But once I started adding um, like flock to it and everything, yeah, and started highlighting all the, he has a lot of like stone underneath him, like ruins. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Once I started highlighting all that, I was like, man, this base really fits the model, so I don't really care if anybody else has them. Yeah, no, he looks good. He's got the, like the gray stone on the base. Yeah, and we should mention the it's the regular <clears throat> fireblade model, but with the head swap, so he's got a helmeted head. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I completely forgot. So instead <clears throat> of I don't. In my army, I don't want anybody to have um, a bare head. I feel like the whole, like... You can couple, though, don't you? I do right now, but eventually I'm going to swap them all out. Oh. Okay. Everybody's going to wear a helmet. It's a communist community. <laughs> Nobody is above anybody else. Okay. <laughs> right? Uh, other than Anva, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> He's more equal yeah. than everyone else. However, I didn't... And I haven't put the shoulder blade on. I haven't put, like, the shoulder pad on him yet. Oh, He has a shoulder blade... Uh, shoulder... Um, pack thingy that goes on the left that shoulder. goes on his left shoulder where the cape is the way he looks right now he looks kind of regal i kind of like i would it. leave it yeah because yeah. he stands out but a lot of people that ask are like no no you gotta put the the shoulder pad on him no he looks good man all right because cool. so he, he's that home. cloak differentiates him exactly that's the so big too thing. right yeah, yeah, yeah. like because he looks very normal with the helmet yeah you like a white is like your almost your secondary color or a secondary color in your army yeah and the cloak brings out a lot of that white yeah so I think you should leave it. It, it marks him. Mm -hmm. The cloak is what sets him apart from the other fire warriors. So I had done, like, painting him. Uh, mm -hmm. I had done that, like, the cloak on the ethereal. And I was kind of happy with it. But is that not, white as well? No, 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 no. It's like a regular Tau orange color. The ochre color oh, okay. on the cloak on the ethereal. Mm -hmm. um, but it was my first time dealing with, like, wavy, cloaky mm -hmm. painting schemes. Um... So this is my second attempt at it, and I think that this one turned out a lot see, better. Holy Christ! A lot awesome. better on yeah. the, uh, the no, it's no, no, leave that around. No, it's got <laughs> a lot of depth to it. Like definitely in the recesses, you got a dark gray, and then like a very light gray building up, and then just a stark white highlight. Yeah, so I learned that when you paint white, you don't actually use white as your base no, color. No, always no. use gray, and then just highlight with white. Yeah. So like I. Mine doesn't look as good with the Archon because it's a black base and then like building up of a dark gray yeah. to like a medium gray as the final highlight. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's it's black, so it's a little tougher to do, but yours definitely looks a lot better. Thank you. Yeah. Um, however, I didn't finish them 100% because uh, the Games Workshop at Young and Lawrence, which is kind of my home store, yeah. um, the Ghost Keel had just come out. Mm. And they had a contest to paint, like, fully... A painting contest yeah, paint for the mini. A ghost yeah. keel. And the prize was uh, the new Tau Codex. Mm -hmm. So I was like, fuck yeah. 
Oh, fuck yeah, this fire blade. Yeah. I might as well put all my effort into painting. And it was my first monstrous creature I had painted as well. To completion, yeah. To com- No, like, I mean, uh, what, I put a base coat on my Riptide? Like, that's, that's, even that's paint. No, 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 it doesn't even count. It took, an, paint. Air, it took <laughs> an airbrush to it, and that all was right, it. whatever. Um, but yeah, man, so, like, for a week and a half, I just went solid at that. And I'm this, the, yeah. It's one of the best models I've painted, I think. So, if you haven't seen Jay's Ghost Heel, go on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash wrong side of the maelstrom. And it's fantastic. Like, before I came down here, or up here, whatever direction I'm going in. <laughs> I think I harassed you with a lot of photos while I was painting it. Uh, harass is, harassment is unwelcome and unwanted. <laughs> I know, because I just defined it on midterm this morning. <laughs> and that was not unwanted or unwelcome, because this thing is freaking badass. So, first of all, the, one of the best things about this model, in my opinion, is the edge highlighting. Thank that you. really stands out, really brings out the colors yeah, super so well. Some people, like, I do, for my army, for this army, I do a really thick edge highlighting. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> like, a lot of edge highlighting should just be very, like, just noticeable, right, to bring out the edges. Yeah. But I really add, a, like, a more thick line around everything. Not, mm-hmm. like, not disgustingly thick. But it's not just the edge. It's a little bit you of can armor. See it. You yeah. can see it very yeah. clearly. But that's because, um, so the Tau Empire, everyone knows, was basically created to lure in the Asian market. That's a theory. I'm like almost the, positive it is. All right, well, the Gundam it's, it's, market. It's the yeah. Gundam market, man. Yeah. Um, which is an anime, which is a cartoon. Mm. That thick edge highlighting creates so much of a cartoon look to it, like you're looking at a cartoon image. Yeah. So I want to keep that thick edge highlighting throughout my whole army, just so it really looks like a, like a manga, like a cartoon. Yeah. Well, I do that a lot too. Like, if you look at the Incubi, it's a very stark difference between like the dark red on the armor and then the lighter red edge highlighting. It's almost yeah. an orange. And yours, it's similar actually. Mm-hmm. Like the contrast between the colors. No, no, that was the first thing I was mentioning. The second thing mm-hmm. is the camo, where on the hooves, 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 whatever. You got this dark brown that matches the base rising up, and then like a blue-white line where the camo's rising. And mm-hmm. that is so cool. And one of the things I really like about this, and I'm just like, you know, going full-on compliment right now. <laughs> I think it's a great model. So one of the things I like about it is you see other uh, stealth suits from the Tau, and they're very. it's a very stark difference, which not bashing it, it's mm-hmm. good, but I like how this is subtle because mm-hmm. it's from a brown to an orange, and... At first, you don't even notice it. And I just, I think that's really cool. Final point, and I don't notice it so much now that it's like about two to three feet, but the pictures post on Facebook, the mm-hmm. uh, red optics, like the eye. On the eye, yeah. Those yeah. look really good. Thanks, yeah. No, yeah. I added a little bit of gloss on there as well. Yeah, um, yeah I magnetize it too. Um, oh, good. But actually, that, um, that phasing line that goes across, it's actually not that hard to do, man. Mm. When I started, I was so worried that, like, I had painted most of the model. It was only the day before the the contest, right? Okay. So I was like, I have to get this done tonight, mm-hmm. and I've never done anything like this before. Right, right. Am I going to fuck up half my model yeah. and maybe not be able to enter it tomorrow? Well, that's kind of a key feature, right? Like, yeah. the phasing of the stealth. So yes. I just used the stealth exact same, pump. yeah, I just yeah. used the exact same colors for the camo that I used for the base. So I used a, um, was it Mornfang Brown with an Agrax wash, okay. and then um, 
Like a dry brush? Or no, a hedge highlight? A towler and sand uh, dry brush. Okay. Right? So I just use that on all the camel parts. Super easy to paint when mm-hmm. you're painting, like, I don't know, it's about a quarter of the model, maybe a little bit less. Um, 15, 20%. Super easy to paint. Like, that brown stuff probably took, like, no, 20 minutes to do, right? Maybe a little bit longer than that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then the actual phasing line, it's just three colors. It's mm-hmm. like uh, medium blue, medium dark blue. Yeah. Right? Just a, you draw kind of your line, kind of offset it a little bit so it looks like an electrical line kind of going up. Then yeah, not like a straight yeah. line, yeah. Kind of bring that around the model, however design you want. And make it a small line, but just a little thick because you know you still have to put two more colors inside of that. Yeah. And then just go with a light blue over that, leaving a little bit of the dark yeah, blue. Yeah, yeah. And then same thing. Then you touch the white. And honestly, man, you just want to do like a tiny little line of white. Almost with a needle. Yeah. Or sort of and that like, white yeah. really, since this is the brightest color, it pulls it out and then everything else just becomes a fade behind it. Yeah. But yeah, man, super easy. Okay, so I got a question. Yeah. So you bought two of these ghost keels. Yeah. What's your plans for the second one, paint-wise? Uh, the exact same type of thing. Now, suggestion. Yeah. Do like this one, like I said, very subtle, mm-hmm. um, cloaking feel mm-hmm. effect. Do like crazy on the other one. Like most of it is already cloaked. at least half. Yeah, I think so. The other one yeah. is almost running forward. Oh, so that could be cool. Then. So that the fact that it's running forward, its mm-hmm. cloaking is already almost complete. Yeah, right like now. maybe just like the head and shoulders is the only thing that's left. Yeah, I'm, well, I'm thinking because he's kind of running and his gun arm is the arm that's back, so it's kind of cocked up like it's running. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm thinking kind of like half the gun, half the torso, kind of down. Cool. Yeah. yeah, just just an idea, not yeah. necessarily the right one. But mm-hmm. I think that'd be cool. Yeah, man. And uh, hobby progress. I don't know, man. I'm. That, that was a lot of painting in a week and a half to do. I'm kind of tired. Oh, of that was a week and a half. Yeah. Um, but I still want to... I got a unit of breachers I have to finish um, building. Yeah, I bought them. And I'm not even sure if I'm going to use them that often. The breacher weapon is cool. Very powerful. With mm-hmm. five inches, it's strength six, AP three. However, it's compared to most tower that's, that's kind of meh. Yeah. I don't know. So I bought the unit, but I only built five of them. So I could still build five of them as a strike squad. But I think for my collection, I'm going to keep a 10-man breacher squad just in case I ever want to use it. Yeah, big A-plot game or something. Yeah, so i got to finish building those. And then um, I think my goal for the next hobby progress, for the next episode, is going to be to have everything um, primed and base-coated with the airbrush. Yeah, Yeah, that's good. So. You'd be surprised how much that ties the army. Yeah, I don't want any like gray it. on the table anymore. Yeah, no. That's what I try and do is just get everything with some red on it. Mm-hmm. Apparently all my armies are red, so that's all I do now. Um. Okay, you want to talk a little bit, or you want to talk about gameplay? Yeah. yeah. All right, cool. You want to go first? <laughs> all right, so I'm trying to remember. The main game, we just played a game like 10 minutes ago, so we'll talk about that. Do you want to talk that. about that? No, we'll talk about that last, okay. yeah. So, the main game I want to talk about, I think I played a couple. Oh, wait, no. no. Okay, all right, it's all coming back to me. So, I played my buddy Dom, Fire Scan on the forums. He's running a big, like, we played 2250 or 2500. Oh, wow, big game. Oh, yeah. Uh, Ravenwing versus uh, a conglomeration of Eldar. So, mainly Dark Eldar with the Farseer and the Wraith Guard plus the Harlequin formation. Mm hmm. And this one I was ready for. So he's running, like, pretty much nothing but Ravenwing Knights. Mm-hmm. So, like, the Plasma Talons, 
Which, if you've listened to the previous episodes, you've had a lot of problems with. Yeah, that's putting it lightly. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'm just going into this game like I'm going hardcore. I want to win. I want to play this to the best of my ability. So, we're playing Maelstrom War, and he gets right up in my face, like Raven like to do. The scout move 12 inches. He had first turn. He was right up there. I reserved the Wraith Guard with the D-Sides and my Incubi unit mm-hmm. in a Venom. And so my goal for the... Normally when I'm in my shooting phase, I target a unit and it's like, that thing is going to die. Yep. All the Ravagers, they're going to shoot at it. All my Splinter Weapons, they're going to shoot. And when that's dead, that's my second priority right mm-hmm. over there. And anything that still hasn't shot, it's going to shoot over there. Now, Ravenwing, I feel like you need to adjust your strategy. Now, we were talking about this before the show. Mm-hmm. If you have a lot of Ignore's cover, you can do your target priority. But I feel like with Ravenwing, what you need to do is knock out their shooting. So what I started doing is every single unit, I didn't try and kill anything. Because I can fire my whole army at one uh, bike unit. Mm-hmm. And they have a two-up rerollable cover save. So I might kill one or two bikes. Yeah. If I'm For lucky. your whole army. Yeah. yeah. So what I did... It's like, oh, I'm going to shoot that bike unit with what? Well, this Venom, it's got 12 shots of uh, poison for it. All right, I'm drinking, I'm drinking. I'm like, okay, well, this other unit? Uh, yeah, it's a, got a Shrieker cannon from this Death Seer. Two plus to wound. You know, the guy will explode if he dies. It's got red. Oh, yeah, I'll drink. I'm like, okay, next unit. And just... Yeah. And near the end of my shooting phase, this whole army is drinking. Yeah, so it's all snap firing. Is, yeah. yeah, then I'm like, okay, now... That land speeder, that's giving everything stealth, giving it the 2 plus yeah. rerollable, otherwise it's 3 plus rerollable. Still really good, yeah, but, but not. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> I'll take what I can get. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, the rest of my army now, shooting at that land speeder. Yeah. And he had two land speeders with the dark shroud or whatever, killed one in the whole game. Well, Got really lucky with a nice dark land shot, and yeah. You're was, learning to play against it, I think that's the key. Yeah, no, it was a close-fought game, a lot of fun, Dom's a great opponent, but in the end, he kind of just whittled me down. Wraithguard came in, they just, like, ate two units, but by the end, it was too low, too late. Yeah. Big problem I had with Wraithguard, other than, like, I have a lot of problems with, sorry, <laughs> big problem with Ravenwing. Ravenwing. Yeah. A lot of problems with Ravenwing. One of the things I really hate is they all have hit and run. Mm-hmm. So, I can't shoot them. Space Marines have, like, really good initiative, too. Well, compared to Tau. Yeah, but they're initiative four, no? Yeah, I'm like... So it's a fast initiative test. It's a... What oh, it? yeah, yeah. So it's a it's 66% a four minus, chance. right? Like, you're gonna... Yeah, it's, it's like, okay, two-thirds of the time, on yeah. Tau, okay, you still have to roll a one or a two, no? Yeah, so on Tau, it's only one-third of the time. Space Marines is two-thirds of the yeah. time. So, yeah, that's one. Yeah, so, like, if I'm lucky, they might stick around, but otherwise, I'm getting shot next turn. My mm-hmm. unit's stuck out in the open because they hit and ran. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just, they've, in my opinion, Ravenwing have too many special rules. That's just my personal opinion. But I think but, as we're, but gonna, then I think as we're gonna talk about later in the show, like, that's the way that 40k is going right now, man. Yeah, Every we, army is gonna have a crazy amount of special rules that almost null each other out if you're not using formations. Which is why I now bring D-Weapon flamers yeah. in a assault area. <laughs> 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 hey, if you can't beat them, join them. Exactly, right? Right. So, well, yeah. that's the way the game's going. So you either play the classic way that you want to, and yeah. not be as competitive. Or just bubble the meta. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. So, anyways. Um, 
Another game I want to point out is against a guy in my club named Chronic. I'd like to preface this with an apology because I had a complete brain fart and put an extra 300 points on the table. <laughs> so I don't know what I was thinking. You dirty cheater. Oh, I like, and I, I pride myself on being an honest player yeah. and I'm so sorry. And I like sent him a message apologizing. We're going to have a rematch. But this is like the first game I have with the guy. And it's yeah. Like, Extra Wraithguard unit with transport. What, whatever the hell yeah. I put on the table. We were playing 2,000 points. I had 2,300 on the table. Mm-hmm. It was not rep- I, It was not representative of what should happen. Mm-hmm. And he, like, he's a fairly new player, too. Playing Chaos Space Marines, which is not mm-hmm. a strong codex yeah, right, right now. So I felt really bad. Mm-hmm. So Like, did you... What was the final outcome? I don't want to say. Oh, okay. Well, it's not... It's, <laughs> it doesn't matter, because yeah. I cheated. Yeah. Like... Who gives a fuck? Yeah, so... Chronic, if you're listening, I'm still down for that rematch. We already talked about it, but yeah. And, uh... That's... Uh, let's go over to you, and then we'll talk about our game. Okay, sounds good. Okay. So, a few weeks ago, um... In my league at Games Workshop, it's called Echelons, mm-hmm. um, I played my second game of the first round. So each right. round, you played two games. So my second game of the first round. So last podcast, you played your first game. I'd already played my first game, yeah. So I played the second game, and it was against a guy named Brian. He plays Tyranids. Super cool guy. Lots nice. of fun. It was really competitive game. Really, really competitive game. Like, not as, like, an aggressive competitive. Just, like, very, very even. We were both having a lot of fun. He was doing a fair amount of damage. He I didn't pull a fair on you. <laughs> that wasn't until after the game. <laughs> In the alley. Yeah. Um... No, okay, so first off, it's a thousand point game. He had 60 Termagants on the field to start. And then he had, it's called a Turvagon? Is that what it's called? The one that's. Turvagon. Turvagon, yeah, the one that spawns more Termagons, right? So on top of that, I think at one point he had close to 80 on the table. And the guy rolls, I don't know how he does it, man, because it's what, 3d6, so long as you don't roll doubles. The guy's dropping like 15 a turn, not rolling any doubles. Yeah. Um. He also um, brought two Venom Thropes. Mm-hmm. Is it Venom Thropes? Or? Yeah, that's... Yeah, that the, ones the, that, cover the ones that give the, the shrouded to everyone around them. Uh, three Zone Thropes, and he had a Flying Hive Tyrant in reserve. That's what I was kind of worried about, was the Flying Hive Tyrant. My army had Skyfire in it, because mm-hmm. I kind of assumed that I was going to face something flying. Yeah. Um, but I was still worried, because I know that it can do a lot of damage. Yeah, but, uh, you, you need to take care of flyers in this version of the game. Yeah. Like in six ed, it was like, oh, they're all new, but now it's like, if you don't have Skyfire in your army somewhere, you wouldn't bring anti tank to a fight. You're gonna bring anti air. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I don't know. I kind of knew what I was going up against before. I knew what his armor list was gonna be, mm-hmm. and he knew what mine was gonna be. Um, but I had because a game. he saw your game. He saw my first yeah. game. So and I and I saw his list. Um, so I had a game plan like right off the bat. It was Venomthropes. Then the Turvagon, and then either the High Tyrant or the Zone Thropes. Then Conceit. Hmm? Then Conceit. And then Because <laughs> they're all over you, but... Yeah. Um, because I hadn't played Nids before, I didn't know which if I should go for the High Tyrant or the Zone Thropes. Whatever was doing the most damage at the sure, time. Sure, sure. Um, so he had the first turn, and the first turn, uh, he kind of just moved forward. Wasn't really in range to do any damage, mm-hmm. right? But still, making that advance... So the first turn, I took out the Venom Thropes, took them right out, so got rid of that Shrouded right off the bat. Good job. Right? 
And then I did a fair amount of damage to the Turbogon. I think I brought it down to like two wounds. Yeah, they're big fuckers. Yeah. They're like five or six wounds. So I was like, but you know what? That was my goal. Get rid of the... Get rid of those that shrouded and start doing damage. I did more than I thought I would. Mm -hmm. Um, Second turn, he started coming in, still didn't do a lot of damage. Jay, that's more than I've ever done. (laughs) (laughs) He still didn't do a lot of damage in the second turn. Uh, The second turn, I ended up taking out the Turvagon. Okay. And the Turvagon does that thing where it has like a connection. Uh, Like a psychic backlash or something? It ended up doing a crazy amount of damage. Well, the guy was on fire with his dice. Right? <laughs> so I took out like so many guys there. Nice. Um, and at that point, I realized that the zone tropes weren't really that much of a like. He was keeping them back. I see. So they uh, they weren't that much of a concern. Mm-hmm. So I started focusing on the tie hydrant, but I couldn't do anything to it, man. Like even no, with Skyfire, I wasn't hitting anything. Um, but yeah, the game was like. Very close points wise. I think it was like six to four for me or this something. This is Maelstrom, like that. right? Maelstrom, yeah. yeah. And uh, I ended up getting him down to like only four miles on the table. Mm-hmm. But one of them was the Hive Tyrant, which had already killed. Like, I think the Hive Tyrant killed the most models on the As table. They do. Right? Yeah. Um, Twin Link Devourers with Blame. Yeah. Each but in turn blah, five, blah, blah. Um, I drew Ascendancy, Kingslayer. And I still had like a crazy amount of models on the field when he only had like four left. Oh. So he just he at that point he conceded. But like, despite the amount of models on the table, it was turn five and the game was like super close. Yeah. So it could have gone either way. Um, but yeah, great game, man. I can't wait to play Brian again, especially with like the new formations. <laughs> yeah, I'm really liking Maelstrom. I've been playing it a little more. Mm-hmm. No, I love Maelstrom. Oh yeah. Um, it really evens out the armies. Even with, like, weak codexes and stuff. Well, you have this crazy power differential between the latest codex or newer codexes and older ones. Mm-hmm. And not even older ones, like early 7th ed. Mm-hmm. And it gives them a chance, so. So my second game that I played was in the second round of Echelons, and it was against uh, Julian, the store manager of Games Workshop. And he was playing um, Mechanicum. Now, mm-hmm. it's not Admech. Yeah, it was like an Admech, Skatari. Okay, so. I think it's a Forge World book or something. So, what you've told me is he's running the Tagmata book I, that's from on, Forge that's World. Out, yeah. So, they've released their like standalone quote unquote codex where a lot of the Horse Hair. So, Forge World's released Horse Heresy books, five of them so far, I believe. And they also have released, essentially, codexes. Well, like, two books for the Space Marines, and then one for the Mechanicum. In 40k, currently, there's the Skitari and the Cult Mechanicus. And then there's the Mechanicum is Horus Heresy, I think. Mm-hmm. And my understanding is the latest book from Forge World brings all these different things, like these three army lists mm-hmm. together in one. I haven't actually seen the book. I've been trying to, like, I've been asked around trying to get a copy because Mechanicum's a, something I've been interested in, so mm-hmm. I want to read the rules for it. So, I think that, that's uh, what that, I'm pretty running. sure that, I'm pretty sure that's okay, what he's anyways. Um, Otherwise, you have to run, like, Sektari with uh, Cult Mechanicus plus probably an Imperial Knight. Like, there's a formation that's all three of those yeah. and stuff. Anyways. So, um, when I laid my balls down on the table, even he was like, "Yeah, I've lost this game. Like, this isn't gonna go my way." 
Oh, and so you just packed up? And- <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 obviously not. So we played, and he had the, what are they called? Uh, the walkers that they have. Not the striders, but like the big four-leg walkers. Uh, dune striders? Something, yeah, I think that's what it is, dune striders. They can't run, but they can only shoot or something. Like yeah. That. Yeah. So I decided I was going to have to start focusing on them. At first, I like he had those on one side with a bit of Skatari, like two units of like the troop choice. And then he had like a bunch of Mechanicum stuff. Yeah. On like the other side of the map. Yeah. So I split my fire up way too much to start. And then once Which, I realized that's I what was, happens once when I yeah, double the army. Once I realized yeah. I wasn't gonna be hurting the like the walking guys, I decided to focus on the vehicles. So I ordinanced my uh Riptide, mm-hmm. did a fair amount of damage, started hurting everyone else, all the other tanks, and I ended up getting them down to one of the walkers left. Oh, yeah. Now here's my fault, because I'm still like new to the game mm-hmm. kind of I just I they look like vehicles I thought of them as vehicles and he assaulted my ghost kill team mm-hmm. with walkers they can still assault yes but I don't I, I didn't realize oh, right so yeah. I fail overwatch everything like that yeah. and he comes in wins combat by one I fall back get overrun cause you're get overrun too. Yeah. yeah and right there is like like a 300 point unit just Wiped off the map in my stupid old mistake, right? Yeah. And then the guys that I couldn't kill on the other side, the mechanical guys, they started coming in. So points-wise, it started off being very even. I think I even mm. had the lead points-wise. And just my stupid mistakes yeah. ended up losing me the game. And he killed my Riptide from like one end of the map to the other with a last cannon shot. Yeah. It's a weird army. I was reading the rules yeah. recently. It's like mostly shooting, but they also have a good assault. Yeah. We have a rematch coming up, though, so I'm pumped for that. Yeah. Um, so he, was he running any Forge World units? Do you know? I don't think so. Although I don't know my Forge World units too much. So, so maybe it was just like the 40k, two 40k codexes, maybe. you know, Tag Mana stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not even pronouncing that right. <laughs> no, I think Tag Mana is right. I don't pronounce English words, <laughs> let alone made up ones. However, we did play another game tonight. We actually played against each other. Yeah, for, Floor Hammer. Floor, floor Hammer, hammer yeah. Floor Hammer, yeah. <laughs> so I came up from Windsor... Uh, for unrelated podcast, re- uh, non-podcast related reasons, and also podcast related reasons. <laughs> so I brought my table, which is well, not a table. My that's a table. It's a board. It doesn't have legs. Yeah, board. It's a good way to put it. Uh, city fight. I th- think I posted pictures on Facebook. I will if I haven't. Yeah. So it's the tablescape, ruined tablescape, ruined tablescape from Secret Rhythm Miniatures. Easiest thing in the world to paint. Go to Canadian Tire, get a couple of tester cans, like different grays, big brushes, dry brush the shit out of it. Looks beautiful. Played on that on your floor, mm-hmm. on your rug. <laughs> Put down some books, big Buddha statue. Yeah. <laughs> like, great game. It, it was fun. It, it felt, it felt like good. going back to when we were kids with crappy yeah. scenery and Except stuff. it looked good because, yeah. the, like, even... Even with, like, books for buildings, like, the table looked good, yeah. and our miniatures are beautifully painted, so, yeah. yeah. And I just got so tuned. <laughs> like, we we should have, re- when we realized the train was, like, super one-sided, we should have redeployed it, I think. And then, like I said, I wouldn't have conceded at halfway through turn three, maybe halfway through turn four instead. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, um, with yeah. the new Tau Codex... I wanted. I had been talking to you about the formations and 
how it's pretty crazy now. Because Tau only had one formation before, which was the tank formation. It was either the tank formation or the one with the Riptide, I forget. I think, I think it was the one with the Riptide and the broadside. They had a few, I think. One or two. Um, now they have a lot of formations. Let's put it this way. The Tower going in dry now. Yeah. <laughs> um, I took Pathfinders, and I think they helped take down your your Flyer. Yeah, no, not the Pathfinder. Yeah, the Pathfinders put the marker lights which let everyone hit on fours. At that point, I wasn't paying that much. <laughs> but, <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, yeah, dice, go, just roll them two up, re-roll three times, yeah, whatever. Just, <clears throat> yeah, so, new Tau book, pretty filthy. Um, I'm running almost everything in transports. Jay shoots down the Wraith Guards Raider first turn, shoots down my Incubus Venom first turn, they're hoofing it. I try and hide my other units behind a building. Stealth suits jump up, gun them down. Just mm -hmm. like... When I actually got a chance to do damage, I did some damage. Mm -hmm. Like those... You like, took out a unit of, of stealth suits. Yeah, those warriors wiped them out mm -hmm. one turn. Um, I did a fair amount of damage to Riptide. Mm -hmm. And like that was with a lot of snapshot shooting too. Mm -hmm. But, like, I just didn't have a lot of opportunity to do damage. My Wraith Guard did nothing. Yeah. They so just running towards the enemy. So. Do you want me to go over the new formation for people who haven't... Uh... Do you want to do it now or in rules lawyering? Yeah, okay, we'll do it in rules lawyering. All right. However, I will just say that the way the army, the new formation works, is that you're able to share a abilities, lot of abilities yeah. between all the units. So basically, I gave most of my army ignores cover, so you're not able to jink against them. Which, like, is the only way that yeah, that and most tough. of the army is re-rolling to hit. So you're re-rolling to hit. Almost everything is strength seven in the army, so you're just glancing on threes with tank hunter re-rolling. Well, not only that, but strength seven means you're doubling out almost my entire army because I'm not you're running. You feel no pain. I didn't run any coven troops, mm -hmm. so yeah, no feel no pain. The only thing that you're not wounding on two is my Wraith Guard. Mm -hmm. Which after you deck their transport, you didn't even touch. There, well, yeah, so. that was the first thing I went after. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, the takeaway here is Jay hates painted models, and that's why he targeted them first. <laughs> I don't want you to have any fun when we play. <laughs> <laughs> my co-host is anti-fun. <laughs> um, any, you want to talk about some rumors? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so, I don't know. I kind of go through all the websites. I don't know if anyone else follows any of the news and rumors. I there think was, everyone does. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully. Um, well, by the time, you can go ahead and all. By the time this episode comes out, I think the Horus Heresy board game will probably have come out. Um, hopefully, I'll have it out before. Every, right. Everyone will have seen pictures. There's a horse Especially if you're on our Facebook page because I shared them already. Yeah. Um, so, apparently okay. it's really fun, man. Apparently it's really cool. Oh, the game? Yeah. Comes with a lot of models. And dude, the models look sick. Some of the weapons on the models, they don't look like anything in the 40k universe. They look But like, held by Space Marines. They look like stuff in 30k. Yeah. Like Volkite and... I, I haven't seen enough 40k model, uh, 30k models, but yeah, very similar. Uh, what do you want? I'm so caught up in 40k. Um, now, from what I understand, even if you're not a board game kind of person, if you're into 30k and you want plastic 30k models, you need to buy this set. It looks like a good way to get in. For yeah, 30K. it's a, now the yeah. thing is, it's it's like 180, 190 dollars Canadian. Canadian. Yeah. 
Um, however, Games Workshop, their decision on whether or not they're going to go forward with plastic 30K models is going to be determined on how well this game sells. <laughs> Maybe? <laughs> like, um, <laughs> okay, hold on. That, that's assuming that Games Workshop goes by rational business decisions, which is... This is what I've been doing. In question. Anyways. Anyways, like... Now, a ra- Okay, sorry. A rational business would sell individual kits if this box set does well. Mm-hmm. So, if you would like to see better 30K, a good bet is to go invest a lot of money into this plot. I don't know. I guess so. But, okay, this is... I heard another rumor a few weeks ago that coming out, they're going to be selling the Assassins from the Assassin game individually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could see With that, rules yeah. for them and everything for 40k. Mm-hmm. Does that not kind of sound similar to the Horse Heresy thing? Because that game sold pretty well. I have no idea if it did, but yeah, um, similar. Okay, so I also heard possibly Nids are going to be next. Nids or Chaos. Those are the only two options. So, well, no, but it's going to be like that's next, like soon. Like by the, the end, only by the end is, of the year, we're going to be seeing either Nids or Chaos, and then the other one in the first quarter of twenty sixteen. Yeah. Well, the only armies that have not been redone are uh, Chaos Space Marines, Chaos Demons, and Nids. Now, the only Codex from Chaos that we've seen in Seventh Ed is Corn Demonkin. Mm-hmm. So the question is, are we going to see a Chaos Space Marines and Chaos Demons Codex, or are we going to see three more Demon King Codexes? Mm-hmm. That's interesting, three more Demon King Codexes, yeah. yeah. And oh, then no. are they going to do an Undivided Codex at all? Mm-hmm. So that that will be interesting, what they're doing there. Um, in my experience, Games Workshop's done a lot of random stuff with the rules, like kind of experimenting, so mm-hmm. I could see them not doing the other Chaos Gods, but maybe they will. I know Slanesh is very powerful. Like, mm-hmm. it's very fast, very deadly with the rending and stuff. Sort of like Glass Cannon on, like, Dark Elder, but, mm-hmm. like, my roommate plays Slanesh, and, I mean, he proxies fucking everything, but, like, it's deadly. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> I just want to talk about this. So, the Tidewall came out the other week, which is the Tau fortification. Yeah, the big Tau yeah. So castle. It was 190, I think. Around there. Canadian. Yeah. Um, and it was like pre-order limited edition, right? How long did that take to sell out? It took under 10 minutes to sell out. I was at the store when the pre-order started at 1 o'clock. Uh, Julian, the store manager, got a message on his phone like at, it was like 5 after 1 or 10 after 1. <laughs> and it's like, you can now pre-order the Tidewall. Oh my God. Goes onto the website, it's sold out. Wow. <laughs> When the company store can no longer order it. Yeah. <laughs> now, with that being said, the store has two in stock right now. So was it really? Well, obviously, probably, it wasn't. Well, they probably that limited. Well, the I guess it was like limited edition pre-orders, but like. No stores are allowed. Stores can order. Well, we had one order. one week, and then the next week there was two. Okay, I don't know everything. I know stores have a chance to pre-order limited edition stuff yeah. before it goes live on mm. the website. So, for example, uh, another. A uh, limited edition kit was the Plasma Obliterator that was mm-hmm. a couple months ago. I know my local store. Uh, I was told that every store was allowed at least one mm-hmm. of those. Maybe only one. I don't remember. And they had one in stock, and that went pretty fast. So I, But I was in my store for a club day that game, and I saw on like the staff computer... 
the tide wall like in its rotating like graphic or whatever. I'm like, oh my god, that looks so cool. And when I got home, checked it out, it was sold out. Uh, my, that wasn't 10 minutes, it was like a few hours later, but still, like, this limited edition shit, I'm not a big fan of for Games Workshop. I mean, if you want to do a limited edition codex, like 200 bucks for a special edition Tau codex with cool objective markers, yeah. sure, it's a collector's item, I understand that, but when it's like a void shield generator, or whatever the hell it's called, like, mm -hmm. That's a kit for terrain. Like, don't make it limited edition. Like, people will buy that yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, what's another good example? The, um, the board games that they release on those limited edition, like the uh, Space Hulk one. Mm -hmm. Those are beautiful models. Yeah, people would buy those terminators. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And all the uh, gene sealers as well. There's been a couple terrain kits that have been limited edition. Like I said, the Plasma Obliterator. That's a great kit. Mm hmm like what? I mean, now they've released the uh, Tau Tidewall, Firewall, yep. whatever Tidewall. it's called, like in individual pieces. Which, you know, that I'm glad that it's now available. They've released them in individual pieces. However, I don't know. I haven't seen the rules for the individual pieces because the Tidewall itself, when you run all of it, has certain rules. I don't know if they get those rules individually with all the separate pieces. But I have to see. I'm not sure. Well, but the other thing I want to talk about, though, is that. Um, there were a few new box sets that came out as well. I know there was a Space Marines one that came out that I don't know too much about. But there was another one, a Tau one that came out. It was like the Infiltration Cadre one. Oh, you mean from the it campaign? Comes with, with like it comes the... with the... Um, yeah, it's for the campaign, for the campaign book. Um, it comes with an ethereal on a hover drone, which like ignores difficult terrain, not even dangerous terrain checks or anything like that. Mm. Um, it comes with like 10 Pathfinders, a self-team... And a piranha. It was like the Raven Guard equivalent. Something like that, yeah. yeah. With the veterans and shit. Um, yeah. It's, I think it's like 120 bucks. And you know what? I'm sure for the models that you get in it, it's a good deal. It isn't. I, the, ran, the, I ran the math. On you the ran the math. Team. It's not a good deal? No. It's and like, to be honest, I think it's one of the weaker formations in the new Tau book as well. I just don't think for the money. Maybe if you're starting off a Tau army... You want Pathfinders in your army. You probably want a stealth team in your army. You probably want an Ethereal at some point to throw in there if you feel like it. And a Piranha is excellent for Maelstrom of War. But if you already have a Tau army, I don't see any reason to pick this box up. Okay. Um, when the Shield of Ball kit came out with the Tyranids and the Blood Angels, mm -hmm. I was looking into getting it. Because it was 150 bucks Canadian. And the cost of the Blood Angels models was about 150 So I would have got all the Tyranid models for quote-unquote free. And I own both those armies. But what stopped me was, like, I didn't need any of the Blood Angels models in there. So I'm like, okay, well, I don't play mids very often. Mm -hmm. I don't need another Dreadnought. I don't need more Death Company, whatever. Looking at the new stuff for Raven Guard for Tau, I ran the prices... The only thing you're saving is maybe five, ten bucks on a character figure, which you could argue is overpriced to begin with, because you're paying in that kit you're paying about twenty bucks for a character figure, where GW's charging twenty five, thirty, thirty five for yeah. a character figure. So, I would argue those character figures are already overcosted, so you're not really saving anything. Mm -hmm. So I don't. What happened to those awesome starter kits where you're saving a lot? What happened to the Battle Forces where you're saving 20, 30, 40 bucks mm -hmm. encouraging new players to get in? Mm -hmm. This is not that. These are just 
bundles essentially in a nice box with extra rules. Yeah. That you'll have to buy a campaign book to kind of go along with the four. Yeah, I mean, you get a unique model. Like, don't get me wrong, that that hover drone model is pretty cool. Oh, the Ethereal's great. Yeah. Cap, uh, Raven Guard Captain, not a big fan of. Yeah, I feel like the the mask with like the wings is like just too cheesy. Top. Yeah, mind you, with a head swap, that could look good because the position's cool with the power sword and the plasma yeah. pistol. But no, I wasn't a fan. But that you know. <laughs> on a balance of probabilities, GW's doing pretty fucking well yeah, in terms of so. models they're getting out. <laughs> yeah. like, like, we're looking at this ghost keel right now. That thing's, they knocked it out of the park. Yeah. The Wraith Guard kit, holy shit. Mm, like, really cool. And all the new, like, towel stuff that's being released has so many options, so many extra yeah. bits and stuff that, yeah, man, they're a little bit, the price has gone up, but it's worth the price now. Well, I, in a single five-model kit, I have ten awesome-looking Eldar Power Swords, five awesome-looking Eldar Power Axes, and, mm -hmm. like, a bunch of other bits. Yeah. Like, I'm probably going to do at least one objective marker with, like, the Eldar Sword in the Stone sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, the King Arthur Excalibur yeah, yeah. stuff. Cool, man. Uh, well, let's take a quick break and uh, move on to rules line. Sorry if I have evidence. Yeah, outside evidence. Um, okay, so we're going to start talking about the new Tau formations that came out. Because since the Codex just got released, um, the models itself, other than like the addition of new models, a lot of models didn't change. They're stat lines. Yeah, yeah, like the yeah, Codex yeah. is almost like a reissue, like a second edition kind of. I think they said that at some point too on the um, website. With... The exception, they had added in a bunch of new formations and then a specific detachment for the Tau. Um, like I said earlier, they're going in dry. Yeah. Um, so it's called the Hunter Contingent. And it's a special type of detachment that can be included in the Battleforged Army. Unlike detachments shown in the rule, in the, what do you call it, the big rule book? What? Yeah. Yeah, the big rule book. Um, it has a force organization chart whose slots are a combination of specific formations and army list entries instead of battlefield roles. I think this there's something similar in the Space Marine Codex mm -hmm. where you like build a army, you build a formation out of other formations. Yeah. yeah. So basically, it starts off with this one formation called the Hunter Cadre. You have to have one commander. Um you can choose to have a Fireblade, you can choose to have a Crisis Bodyguard team. All right? Mm -hmm. Now you have to have at least three units of either breachers, strike team, or crew, and so it's three to six of those. It's one to three of either stealth suits, crisis suits, ghost keels, or riptides. Uh, one to three of either a pathfinder team, a piranha, vespids, or drones, and then one to three of broadsides, hammerheads, storm surges, or sniper drones. No aircraft, I guess. Really no aircraft in there. Yeah. I don't know. So it's a limited force orb, really. Yeah. Um, so you need at least one plus of those. That's like the core formation. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
Now, in addition to that, you have to take one, at least one to ten. Well, you can take at least one up to ten auxiliaries. Per core. Per core. Yeah. Um, so how that works is there are, looks like, um, about ten. Ten, There's ten. ten other formations. Mm-hmm. So you can take either the optimized stealth cadre. Which is what you took, right? Which is what I take. It's yeah. two stealth units and a ghost kill unit. Um, the retaliation cadre, which is kind of like a battle suit um, formation. An allied advanced cadre, which is the crew and the Vespid. There's a lot of dirty formations. Yeah, Fireblade support, Riptide broadsides, drone network, aircast, yeah. which is a flyer one. There's a few other ones as well. Um, now, both of those, and then you can take a contingent headquarters, which is another commander, gets you an ethereal in there because there's no other formation that you can get an ethereal in it. Oh, oh yeah, there's okay. no other way. Yeah. The only way to do it is to take another commander, and then you can choose to take yeah. an ethereal. But you if, if you're building your army, this yeah, way. but you also yeah. have to take uh, bodyguards as well with it. So it ends up okay. being very expensive just for an ethereal, right? Um, which is kind of the downside to the formation because you can Tau don't have the best leadership, so right? Yeah, that's true. Actually. Now, those formations in the detachment get well; they get the re-roll the results of a warlord trait, not just the one of the codex. Yeah, so that's something I wanted to mention because with uh, I primarily primarily play Dark Elder and Blood Angels and both the those army specific formations that are kind of similar to this that you build a whole army out of not it's not just a support formation. You only get the reroll if you're rerolling within that specific codex. So if I'm running a Dark Eldar formation, I can reroll my Warlord trait if I'm rolling on the Dark Eldar table. For this, for the Tau, they always reroll, even if it's one out of the rulebook. Mm-hmm. Which, I, I'm not sure if there's another codex that does that. This is the first time I've seen it. Maybe I'm just behind the times. No, we should but... look into it, man. Do some research, see if the other codex is... Yeah, well, I'm going to have to mm-hmm. now. Yeah. Um, okay, but the other benefit that they get, the other power, I guess, that they get, yeah. is called Coordinated Firepower. Whenever a unit from the Hunter Contingent, the detachment, selects a target in the shooting phase, any number of other units in the same detachment who can still shoot add their firepower to the attack. These units must shoot at the same target, resolving their shots as if they were a single unit. This includes the use of marker-light abilities. When three or more units combine their firepower, the firing models add plus one to their ballista skill. So, uh, what unit just boosts the fuck out of that ability? So, the Buffmander. <laughs> really? <laughs> so, anyone that doesn't play Tau, or doesn't know about the Buffmander, um, basically the commander. Tau have, like, like many armies, you can only have one per army of certain items. Yeah, like the uh, relics, yeah. what they're generally However, called. However, with the Crisis Suits, you can kind of just put that one of everything on one guy. You can do it in other armies, but generally you don't bother. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of the Tau ones are like, if this guy doesn't shoot, he your unit gets the reroll to hit. If this guy doesn't shoot, this he unit cover. ignores cover. Uh, this guy can also pick to have, to his unit have Monster Hunter or Tank Hunter. Yeah. There are, there are a bunch of them. Those are the main three that a lot of people use. It's called a buff manager for yeah. a reason. So... In this coordinated firepower, it says that when these units add their firepower together, these units must shoot the same target, resolving their shots as if they were a single unit. So if you have a riptide, a unit of riptides, a unit of broadsides, 
uh, and your buffmander with whoever. Plus Any, some fire warriors. Plus some fire whatever. They all re-roll to hit, because they all act as one unit, so they all get the buffmander's benefits. Re-roll to hit, uh, ignore cover, tank hunter, monster hunter, whatever you want, man. Um, plus plus one of the ballistics, you because there's because three there's more units. Firing, yeah. Yeah. So, that's not in dispute, guys. <laughs> that, that, that's kind of black and white in the rules. Yeah. Now, what gets really dirty is this little... Piddly five point upgrade yeah, that five different points. suits can take. So uh, Jay's just flipping through the codex here. Yeah, let me get to it. So basically, um, there is an upgrade that basically any suit can take. Actually, guys, uh, commanders can take it too. Oh, of course they can. Yeah. It's called target lock. And so any model with a target, and with the Tau suits, it's not like uh, one per unit or whatever. Like one model may take a target lock. Every suit. Is allowed to kind of take whatever a number of, number systems of systems slash weapons. It doesn't matter. Yeah. They can take whatever they want. So you can completely customize your units. Yeah. So you can take, let's say, a unit of three broadsides, and each give one them of those broadsides is a special little unique. So fly. what it says, target lock. A model with a target lock can shoot at a different target uh, to the rest of his, his unit. Yeah. Right. So a model, a three unit model, or a three model unit with. Three target locks, where you really technically you only need two target locks because the one unit fires at one, the other two fire at something else. But let's say you have three, let's say you deep strike a unit of three crisis suits with their fusion blasters yeah. into a tank formation with like a bunch of land raiders around you, all with target locks, mm-hmm. or I guess two with target locks. Each one of those crisis suits can shoot at a different land raider. Yeah. Now here's where like in the Tau formation, it's tricky, I guess. It's not. I don't think it's tricky. I think the rules are as written, and a lot of people are agreeing with that now, is that it says you fire as one unit. So even though he... With this is the hunter contingent. Yeah. Like the overarching formation craziness. Yeah, even yeah. though the guy firing with the target lock at a, different, at a different target is firing at a different target, he's not firing at the same target, the same target the, the unit is. Conglomerate unit. Yeah, yeah, he still gets the benefit that the buff manner gives because the buff manner gives it to his unit. Mm-hmm. He doesn't give it to the target that he that the unit shoots or at. to units that are targeting that target. Yeah, yeah. So they still get the bonus. Now I don't think they get the plus one to their ballista skill because they're not shooting at that same target. Um, I wouldn't dispute it if you called it. Yeah, I'm not going to argue with you, but. <laughs> <laughs> But if you said it, I wouldn't dispute it. Now, what I will dispute is the following. Mm-hmm. So, for me, what the issue is, is the order in which the shooting attacks are resolved. So, target lock, the rules are very simplistic. The model with the target lock can shoot at a different target than the rest of his unit. Now, anyone who's familiar with the 40k rules knows there's a similar rule called split fire which on the big rule book is page 172, when a unit that contains at least one model with a special rule shoots, one model in the unit can shoot at a different target to the rest of the unit. Once the shooting attack has been resolved, resolve the shooting attack made by the rest of the unit. These must be at a different target, which cannot be a unit forced to disembark as a result of the split-firing unit's initial shooting attack. So what that means is, uh, let's say you have a Space Marine Devastator squad with split fire from uh, Rune Priest from Allied Space Wolf Contingent. That can give a split fire. I think that's 
something okay. that happened. No, sorry, uh, Longfangs unit. That they have split fire automatically. And you have one model with a las cannon and the rest with heavy bolters. And the las cannon model is going to split fire. Now, that split firing model needs to shoot first, as is outlined within the special rule. Las cannon blows up a raider, a bunch of witches fall out. Now, according to the split fire rule, those heavy bolters, remaining heavy bolters, cannot shoot at the same unit. Mm -hmm. They have to target a different unit. The way I read this is because the shooting attack. Although they're targeting different targets, the shooting attack from that unit is happening simultaneously. Yeah. So the witches aren't out by the time the heavy bolters start firing. Mm -hmm. It does make sense. I, I, I agree with what you're saying. All these shootings are supposed to be happening simultaneously yeah. from that unit, so, and they are one unit. So for split fire, the order that is resolved is very clearly um, mapped out, and the restrictions on targeting is mapped out. Mm. So you still think that that unit should still get... The reroll to hit and the the ignores the, cover ignores and cover. even it just if you can't. want to say plus one blitz skill take it yeah now the thing is with target lock it is not spelled out in the same way mm -hmm. and this is what I take issue with because I think with split fire it gives a precedent for how target lock should be resolved mm -hmm. so in my opinion I think models that are using their target lock special rule need to be those attacks need to be designated and resolved first mm -hmm. and any units that spill out from destroyed transports cannot be targeted by the rest of the hunter contingent conglomerate unit they need to target a different target okay now that now that's my opinion yeah i've I, given evidence but i there's no uh authority saying that the split fire rules need to apply to the target lock rules mm -hmm. so now, okay, so you're saying that the target lock should have to fire first, and it can't fire at the same... No, like, it cannot fire at the same unit okay, as here, the conglomerate unit. I have unit A, B, and C, okay? Okay. Target locks have to be defined first. How I do this, how I've done this rule now, mm -hmm. so you play, is I go unit A, unit, let's say unit A is the buff mander, okay? okay? Unit A, unit B, and unit C are firing all together at this target. Okay, I've declared that now. Because in my opinion, if unit A destroys that target, unit B and C lose their attacks. Yeah. Because they've decided they're fighting together. Okay? Now, here's the problem. Each one of those units have a target lock. Okay? Yeah. Now, first unit, unit A. We've set a target lock. Okay, now we've set... So, okay, let's say so we with agreed, the buff mander... With the buff mander, he has some bodyguards. They have target, target lock. Okay? okay? Let's say there's two guys. One has a target lock. Okay. That guy, okay... He has to shoot first because now we've agreed that they have split fire. Target lock is similar to split fire. He has to fire first. Sure. He fires at his target. Okay. Now the rest of his unit has to go. We are shooting because that's how the sub. You have to finish a unit's shooting. Mm -hmm. So now the rest of his unit goes. We're gonna shoot at this unit with this unit and that unit. How do you resolve B and C? Because both those units are now claimed as coordinated firepower with A, but they each have their own target lock. So what does that happen? How, how I would say work? all of the target locks have to resolve. No, but first. I haven't decided. I haven't told you yet what I'm doing. Well, because okay, target lock has to shoot first. I would say you have to resolve one target lock, and then resolve the next target lock, and, resolve, and then in sequence resolve all the target but locks. But you have not finished that unit. You have it's, it's all you, one. That's unit. like me going. Okay, my unit from from my space marines. The last cannon is going to shoot. 
Okay, not the bolters though. Mm-hmm. Now this unit, the last cannon is going to shoot, but not the bolters though. And now this unit, the last cannon is shooting, but not the bolters. Now I'm going to decide what my bolters are going to do. Yeah. Would you let me do that in a Space Marine army? If it's all one unit though. No, it's not one unit. No, but it's three separate units. But you're saying that the target lock has to shoot first. No, because be with the um, formation firepower unit. Yeah. You essentially have one large unit with many models. With so you're saying locks. I should declare unit A, B, and C are going to shoot this guy. Now I determine what my target locks are going to no, shoot what, at. No, what I would say is you need to say units A, B, and C are firing together as one unit. Mm-hmm. Now before I declare that unit's target, I'm going to resolve the target locks. Okay, I can see that. That's what I would argue. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So, now this is... The rules are very unclear. Mm-hmm. The target lock rules are very unclear. The rules for combined fire, whatever the hell it's called, not super clear. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm proposing. Mm-hmm. Now, I've given evidence from the split fire special rule, but that is not called out in the Tau Codex for target locks or the other yeah. formation rules. So, I don't have... Like, th- there's, no re- there's no rule saying that Tau players need to look to the split fire rule to give guidance yeah. on how to use target locks, but that is what I would argue. And if this was, you know, a court of law, then that would good, be my precedent. Have, yeah, and the, you have good argument. The judge would say, like, well, uh, yeah, I see what you're saying. That's an authority because the big rule book's important, but like, there, there's no fucking judge for yeah. 40K. So they well, don't. no, to be honest, though, man, I'm like, I am like, I don't want to say excited, but like I'm interested in seeing how the community takes this as yeah. it goes on farther. Because obviously, like there's been a lot of debate now. It's been a week now since it's come out. Right, right, right. Right. It's been about a lot of argument, but uh, now that more games are getting played with it, it's going to be interesting to see what people are actually thinking yeah. about the formation. Yeah. Um, so I mean, I think rules is written. I think the way that most people are playing it, most people are agreeing on it. I think that's the way it's written. Well, how? What is that way then? The way that I play it. The way where okay. the you just resolve one. whatever you, yeah. you whatever order you want to resolve those in, you do it, and they can shoot at units that come out of transports. Yeah. Okay. Because they shoot at a different unit. It's it doesn't say that can't come out of the transports like it says in the split fire. Yeah. However, and this is this is the first difference I think we have. Mm. Rules is intended. I do think that they, maybe they messed up a little bit on this one. You so you think my reading is rules is intended? I think it's closer to rules is intended. Okay. I don't think it's 100%. Well, we don't know. Exactly. <laughs> Maybe they actually tried to figure this out, and they were just like, yo, just leave it. And fuck it, we're yeah. the bar. <laughs> Speaking of which, Warhammer and Whiskey is next. Wrong side of the maelstrom, wrong side of the whiskey. Oh, it's drinking hour. <laughs> that started a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, when I got here. Oh, wait, how many marker lights? How many supporting <laughs> firepower? Yeah, I'm going to crack a beer. And they did. we tried to put them on the table as cover. I think yeah. I, you had a line tonight during the game, because our, our friend was over as well. And uh, I took out your flyer with yeah. my whole army. You didn't even get a chance to shoot. 
No, or you snap fired, but yeah, hardly he, he chinked, yeah. And you walked away and you go, hang on, I'm going to chug another <laughs> beer and put it next to the other can. Oh yeah, so we were playing sighting. floor hammer tonight and we've come up with a new house rule, which I think everyone should start enforcing when you're playing I think a lot floor of hammer. Because everyone knows that if you're not drinking when you're playing floor hammer, you're doing it wrong. So the new rule is, whenever you finish your drink, you're allowed to place that can or bottle or whatever beverage <laughs> holder you're you're using. You're allowed to place that on the table, and it counts as impassable terrain. <laughs> we need to get that. Uh, what's the Collingwood bottles? The really wide. Oh, the ones. wide ones. Yeah. <laughs> a wall of them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's line of sight block. That's a lot of drinking. <laughs> yeah, what, whatever it takes to be <laughs> towel. Anyways, today so we were tonight, drinking well. uh, two gingers Irish whiskey. It's a blended whiskey from hopefully Ireland. Yeah, I think it's in Ireland. Yeah. So, am I to read the bottle? Is that the deal? Yeah, man. Alright, smooth, malty, and slightly sweet with a tingle of honey and citrus. Two gingers woody essence suggests caramel and vanilla to the finish. Drink neat, mixed, with ice, or with friends. <laughs> with friends. Ooh. Right, let's, I haven't um, said this. See, yet. I don't like that though because, like, oh, you're I'm, not, I'm sorry, you don't like drinking not, with friends. No, Jay. yeah, right. <laughs> For a drink alone, yeah, yeah that's, I hear that. Um, it says mixed with ice. Man, you're not supposed to mix uh, ice with whiskey, man. It's gonna water it down. Get whiskey rocks. Oh yeah, you've those uh, like the cubes. Yeah, like they're food. like just like little stone cubes you put in uh, put in the freezer, chill them like ice cubes, and they're gonna actually chill your whiskey, but they don't water it down. Yeah. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of like that. It's a bit of a mellow flavor, which yeah, it doesn't have a strong kick to it. It's really, really, really smooth. Yeah. I don't know. I like. It's interesting. I like my whiskeys strong with a good kick to it. Um, this one doesn't have a kick, like, at all. I have mixed feelings about that, because the taste, like I said, is very... It is taste. You can actually taste, like, the citrus in it. Take another sip, and yeah. you'll actually taste that citrus. Okay. I don't know. I don't know <laughs> You're no connoisseur. <laughs> um, what I like about that is, like, like we said, yeah. no kick. Which is dangerous. Yeah, that's true. It, it doesn't so, feel like you're drinking a whiskey. That's no. To be honest, yeah, it doesn't feel like you're drinking whiskey at all. Yeah. So that's um, a that's a drink, okay. Here's the question. That's a drinking man's whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> that was I think that bottle was like thirty or thirty two dollars. Oh really? Yeah. Would you buy that again? No. No. Not for that much. Not for that much. Oh, you like your whiskey cheap. <laughs> well, if it's gonna be like a easy drinking whiskey, yeah. I'm just going to cheap out. You might as well go for the $20 whiskey or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I'm Walker Special Old Man. Yeah, <laughs> you got it nailed down. Well, oh, that got me through <laughs> university. Uh, interesting though. Yeah, I don't know. Same with me. If you like a real smooth whiskey, um, it's got it's got great taste. It's a good taste. Yeah, no, it doesn't taste bad. It's just not like... It's not It's not strong. It doesn't taste strong No, it does all. not have a strong flavor, which again... Makes it very easy to drink. Yeah, and if that's yeah. your thing, man, then go for it because it is thirty bucks is still cheap for a bottle of whiskey, man. Uh, Granted, it is that's cheap, man. Like it's only a ten year old whiskey. You get fifty okay. when you get to like fifteen year whiskeys. I think it's ten years. Where does it say that? It's blended. Oh, no, so now blended generally is just like a bunch of different types yeah. mixed together. 
Yeah. Um, I mean, you're looking at like at least 60 bucks for a 15-year bottle of whiskey, right? Oh, yeah. No, I'm not saying it can't get pricey, but you can definitely find an option under... Under $30 yeah. for sure, yeah. But I, don't, I think it's worth trying. That's what we should do after like a really rough tournament, just like Hiram Walker special. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, that's rough. <laughs> but no, no. Uh, yeah, two gingers. It's got a little Irish flag on the bottom, 40%. Mm-hmm. Not bad. Okay. I'll be drinking that tonight, that's for sure. Right on, I'll try yeah. not to finish it. I'm sorry the last time. <laughs> All right. Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, we're um, going to take another short break, and we will be back with our main topic for tonight, which is the leagues. one but uh jason well, we spent a lot of time on other stuff today so yeah jason's uh in the middle of the league at his local store yeah my I, first league ever man nice i just signed up for my third league i believe mm-hmm. so we're going to talk about those in a little bit uh how about you give an overview of your league and then i'll do a quick overview of mine okay so i've mentioned it um before at uh games workshop young and lawrence right now they're running a league called echelons so how it works is you're put into a pod, and a pod is like a kind of like a grouping for the first stage. There's four sections. It's not like a small round room. Yeah, it's like a round robin. That's not what I said. Oh, a oh, small round room. Oh, okay. <laughs> basically. And you're in a pod with two other people. Now you have two weeks to play each of those people once. Oh. So it's a round robin in there. And then your wins, your score is then reseeded and you're put into a new pod with people of equal score. So if you're a entry level player, you're not good, you're not going up against these armies that are tournament type armies, mm-hmm. you're gonna lose to them and you're gonna be put in the end with the armies that you should be around. Yeah. The the, the level of the skill level that you should be around. Yeah. Um so I don't know, it's fun, it's a good way to get in like lots of games with new people. Mm-hmm. And you're the first week or two, like the first two pods were kind of, you just mixed up with, like, if you got two wins off of people that weren't the same skill level as you, you're going to go with the people that have tournament lists. Right. Because now you have two wins, but they also have two wins. Yeah. So then you're going to lose two to them, and you're going to be two and two, and you're going to be with people that are probably around the same skill level as you. Cool. Um, So, let's talk about what a league is, in essence. So, a league is a competitive, organized play. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of 40k, what that generally means is a number of games over several weeks where you're matched with players of similar rankings trying to play for the top position. or top Much like any sports league, right? Yeah, well, I don't know. I don't watch sports. What's <laughs> yeah, yeah. going on out there? Um, so, they do what with a puck? <laughs> Why do they have sticks? Oh my god, the gloves are coming off. <laughs> uh, so, the leagues I've participated in have all been at Brimstone Games, games in Windsor on Walker Road, my local store. Uh, I've just entered my third league, and they're all, I believe it's called Swiss-style league. So, uh, for this league coming up, we have ten players, and the we'll all be matched up. I believe it's with a random opponent. 
and then the winners will move on to like the upper level and the loser will move on to the lower level and mm-hmm. we'll kind of like and we'll keep playing until we get a winner mm-hmm. and the winner of that league will be whoever I'm pretty sure whoever goes undefeated now if someone if every if nobody goes undefeated then I'm not quite sure what happens I'm pretty sure every league I've seen someone's mm-hmm. gone undefeated I think that seems how it works yeah, but I mean, there's got to be... It's almost like a pyramid tournament. Like, you just continue to rise, 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 rise until... Yeah, but there's got to be a situation where nobody goes undefeated. That must have happened in some simulation. Possibly, yeah. Anyway, so that, but that's basically what it is. You progressively play opponents who won a similar number of battles mm-hmm. as you have until you're playing these same finalists. Yeah. Uh, for our league, there's a entry fee, usually ten bucks. It might have been five at one point. And then the winner gets at least half of the total entry fee and store credit, and the second and third place get progressively less mm-hmm. amount. So, the first league I entered was near the beginning of the sixth edition, and I played with my dark elder, and I actually came in first. Right on. To be fair, some of the members of my club who are the better players did not participate in that league, mm-hmm. so I kind of lucked out. Second league I played with my Blood Angels, I came down last. So, <laughs> I've been at both ends. Hopefully this one I'll somewhere in the middle, as mm-hmm. opposed to at last. Mm-hmm. Preferably at the top, but some of the guys in this league are really good players. So, I don't, I'm not at, I don't consider myself at the same caliber, so I doubt I'll make it to the top. Maybe I'll get lucky, who knows. So, that's basically what a league is. Let's talk about the advantages and disadvantages in playing a league. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, definitely there are, like, huge advantages. I, For me, at least, moving to Toronto, there's a few stores in the area. I'm not, like, yeah. new to the gaming community, right? Playing in a league gets me so many games already scheduled. Yeah. Against, like, random opponents that you meet, and you're like, man, you're an awesome person, great to play with you, I can't wait to play again. You meet new people in the community, yeah. you meet new opponents, you get to play new armies you haven't mm, played against that's before. That's a good point. One of my upcoming battles in my next pod, I play against demons. I've never played against demons before. So it's like, okay, I go in, like, okay, I, I've kind of prepared, I've done a little bit of research, but i not exactly sure really how to go how they up play. against. Yeah. But hey, the next time I go up against demons, I'm already going to know. Yeah. So at least it gets all those things out of the way, so... Eventually, you're going to know how to play every single type of army. It's definitely a better way to meet people other than showing up at a game night trying to find a pickup. Yeah. Is that your... Yeah, it, it sucks kind of just standing around being like, hey, does anyone want to play after your yeah, current exactly. three-hour game? You know, yeah. Like, and I mean, you, that's not safe. You show up at a store and start conversations. You won't meet people or make yeah. friends. But this, like... You get locked in for three hours. They gotta spend time with you. (laughs) As boring as you might be. (laughs) So hopefully he'll make that interesting. (laughs) No, no, but seriously, like I've met a lot of players through scheduled game, Mm -hmm. whether it's a league or a like club day. Well, I definitely feel from like from my league, I went from just being that that guy that was starting to play Tau. Yeah. Coming in to being like, now I walk into the store and I've played so many people. They're like, oh, hey, Jay, how's it going? Yeah, how's exactly. It going? Right. They, they all know me now, right? Yeah. It's, it brings you into a community that might already be it, close now, yeah. right? It's scheduled place. So you're yeah. meeting people, you're playing people, you're getting to know guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, some of those people, you probably won't like. But well, I always, think yeah. most of them, you'll get along. Because most yeah. of the people in this hobby that I've met are 
Yeah. I don't know. I also want to mention, so. um, I forget the name of them, but they're the they're the group of gamers that game at Dueling Grounds. And they have mm-hmm. a club. Um, and they run a lot of leagues and a lot of tournaments yeah. and stuff like that. I also want to go there and start hanging out with those guys because, man, they also seem like a really great group of guys that are cool with, like, hey, if you think about starting a new army, it's cool if you proxy a little bit of stuff here and there, right? Yeah. Um, they're all about, like, having fun as well, and they also run leagues and tournaments yeah. as well. So it's not just Games Workshop as much as I go there. Um, yeah. There's also, like, tons of other places in uh, Toronto as yeah. well. Yeah. Where Windsor, it's a much smaller scene. Uh, Brimstone Games does... Well, sorry, I shouldn't say Brimstone Games. Brimstone Games hosts uh, the Greater Windsor Table Warriors, which is my club. Mm-hmm. Which you can find at the iToysoldiers.com. Uh, mm-hmm. Go to the community tab, go down to forums, you'll find the forums. And uh, we've run a bunch of leagues with the support of Brimstone. I've been running... Uh, I'm on my second campaign, about to start my third in a few months. So, definitely check us out. There's at least one other gaming store in the area that I know of. I don't believe they do a lot of 40K. Mm-hmm. They do carry some, but I think they focus more on, like, Magic, War Machine, X-Wing. Yeah. Those sort of things. It takes a lot of space to host 40K, man. Oh, absolutely, yeah. So, uh, that, anyways, getting back on topic, advantages. Uh, one advantage of a, competitive, or of a league is that it's competitive play. Mm-hmm. So... If you're looking for that type of hard fight, a league yeah. is a good place to find it. If you're not into competitive play, um, a maybe a league isn't for you. It's still, it's still for you. It's still games, man. You can still go into a game where the other person is competitive and still like try and have fun. You know, Absolutely, but you should recognize that like people are going to bring lists. It's very hard to have fun against a team that's going to, an army that's going to table you in a a turn or two. Especially in the case of my league where there's money on the line. Yeah. I should say a prize on the line. Like, people are fighting hard for that. That's the thing about echelons. There's trophies, but there's no, like, there's no prize money or no reward, right? So people are just there having fun, man. That's what I try to do with the campaigns. Like, no material benefit, mm-hmm. like just bragging. Like, like I think someone is planning on switching the armies that they're playing in the league, and that would reset them to zero points. Yeah. But they're like, yeah, but I want to, now I want to try this army in the Echelon's yeah. format, right? So like, okay, cool. Like, yeah, he yeah. doesn't care that he's going down. He doesn't care about winning. He just wants to have games scheduled and play thousand-point games that yeah. he guaranteed to play. Yeah. Uh, another advantage of leagues, and this specifically as opposed to tournaments, is it's over a longer time span. Mm-hmm. So tournaments, generally one-day events, maybe over two or three days, like a weekend or a long weekend. The large ones. Yeah. yeah. So sometimes people can't make it. Like it's like the last tournament at Brimstone was, I couldn't make it for one reason or another. Mm-hmm. I think it was the weekend of my buddy's bachelor party. And another one was on Labor Day weekend, and I had plans that weekend. Like it, it's, if it's on a weekend where you have plans, you're just out. Mm-hmm. But if it's a league, it's like, okay, we got two weeks to schedule a game. We can make something work. It's mm-hmm. going to happen. So that's, I've found to be a major advantage. And then they usually provisions if, for whatever reason, you can't meet. Like the player who's made the most effort gets a buy or mm-hmm. something and gets to continue onwards. Uh, oftentimes with leagues, you can also change your army lists. So with tournaments, you come with a set army list. Yeah, I know for echelons, the way it works is now that we're in the later weeks, <clears throat> So, on Thursday, your new grouping, your new potting, mm-hmm. will be released. And you'll see the two other players that you're in that pod with. And then you get And to... you'll see what armies they're 
there. They you, have. you need to submit a new list for each pod. So right? before, before your first game, mm-hmm. you have to submit your army list. Okay. But you're able to go into the store and look at because you have to write down your army list. Right. You're able to look at what that person has taken in the previous pods. So, oh, so I'm facing demons in my next pod. Mm-hmm. I haven't played demons before, but I can go. I went today to go look to see if he takes a flyer. Do I? Because the other army I'm facing is the the Mechanicum again. Yeah. Right. I don't think they have any flyers. They don't have any flyers. Right. So it's like, do I have to spend money on Skyfire? If I like, if do are the demons taking a flyer? Right. Right. Because if they're not, then I'm not going to spend the thirty, 30. the twenty to fifty points, however I want my Skyfire. Yeah. Yeah. If I don't have to, because out of a thousand points, fifty points is still a fair amount. Yeah, for right? sure. Um, so that's kind of cool. Yeah, uh, in the Brimstone leagues, I change. There's no set lists, so you can. Personally, I don't like ta- tailored lists. Like, if an opponent sees, oh, he's playing Dark Eldar, I'm gonna bring yeah such and such units. I don't like it. However, on the other hand, if I make a huge mistake in my list, like tonight, for example, mm-hmm. we were playing. With a my proposed league list, and I had my wraith guard and raider, and now I'm considering give, uh, attaching them with a character with a uh, webway portal. Mm-hmm. Just Despite, adding an extra character in there. Yeah. yeah, in a tournament, I can't correct that mistake. Where yeah. within within most leagues, you will have some opportunity to change at your some list. point. To yeah. Oh, I thought this would work. It's not going to work. Exactly. No, change it next time. Yeah. Oh, dreadnoughts still suck this edition. Yeah, I'm going to change that. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, Dreadnought suck. I know we had that mm-hmm. conversation earlier. But I mean, obviously we've been talking about all the advantages, but you know, there there still are some disadvantages, right? Yeah, for sure. So a lot of these are kind of the other side of the coin. So you like competitive play? Good, join a league. Don't like competitive play? Well, maybe a league isn't the best place for you. Yeah, I mean, in the league you're going to find a mix of people. So yeah, you have these scheduled games. Great, you're meeting new people, you're playing new games. But some of these lists you're going to go against are people who are actually there to win a league. To just beat face. They're yeah. not there to make friends. They're not there to have fun. Well, Maybe, no, no, no. Even they, 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 they might be. But they are, like, but that's their style of gameplay. They like to play competitive gameplay. Yeah, they're, they're, they're there to make friends. Win. They're to have fun, but for them to have fun, it has to be competitive. Or just, like, that's what they're bringing. Yeah. And there's no restrictions, or that's, like... It's not going to be doing. fluffy. Yeah. It's going to be... to. To beat you, that's what it's going to be. Yeah, exactly. Um, on the opposite hand, where we said you can schedule games over multiple weeks. Mm-hmm. If you go to a tournament, everyone at the tournament is available to play because mm-hmm. they showed up at the tournament. If you Sometimes you'll have a league where someone signs up and they get a slam of the huge project at work or there were some unforeseen circumstances and now... They can't play, and you're trying to schedule a game with this player, and they're just unavailable. Like, that's not going to happen in a tournament. They're already there. They're ready to play. At league, real life happens. It sucks. And yeah. And sometimes you won't get to play games. Well, for instance, so in my pod, you have the two people that you're supposed to play against. Yeah. Um, in the, the last pod I was in, it was two Games Workshop employees. Well, my first game happened, like, the pods came out on Thursday. We play on the Friday. Okay. The next day. However... They had something come into the store that they had to prep to get ready, mm-hmm. right? And the other Games Workshop employee that I was supposed to play was just so swamped with, we yeah. have to get this ready for display, that it was like, oh, well, I understand. I'm not going to, like, sure, that's your job, job yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, I can't 
he's like, oh, can you play this day? This is the only day I have off. We can play that day. I was like, okay, well, no, so I have to work that day, right? Yeah, yeah. He's like, okay, it didn't work out. It didn't work out. Yeah. Right? Yeah, but for sure. that can happen. Stuff like that, right? Oh, yeah, you Don't absolutely. get your scheduled game in. Yeah. So that's definitely, like I said, the other side of the coin. Um, and as well as what I said earlier, people in Taylor lists to specifically beat your army. Mm-hmm. Like Dark Eldar, for example, very much a glass cannon. Like, if you bring the right weapons, it's not going to do well. Like, lots of ignores cover to deal with those jinx mm-hmm. saves. Lots of high-volume, high-strength weapons. Like, my army today was tailored to take yours out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, of course, on the other side, like, if I bring very fast, very deadly, tough, close combat Now that you've played against it, you might know how better to... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, if I... You know, I could go to the store... And I've seen this at Brimstone Leagues, where players will go to a... St- the store, observe a game, see how the player plays, what they bring, mm-hmm. and then tailor their list to beat them. Mm-hmm. So, it's a competitive environment. It's within the rules, but like you, you need to be aware of this. I'm not always a fan of it, but like I maybe I'll put up with it because I want to get games in. I like these guys who yeah. I play with, so yeah. I'll do it. Now, okay, so we've talked about like the leagues that I have in Toronto, the leagues you have in Windsor. Yeah. Maybe the area that you live in doesn't have like a gaming community. Like you have people that meet at a store every once in a while, right? Like you you go to the same gaming store that has a few tables, but you don't have a gaming night there. Sure. Maybe you could start your own league. Yeah. So things oh I could do a whole episode on running organizations and leagues, but specifically leagues, why mm-hmm. would you want to start one? So, if you're unhappy with the local scene, you might want to organize a league. Mm-hmm. So, if people are playing with, like, tons of broken, unbound lists that you think are really bullshit, and you want to get in fun games that you think are fair, mm-hmm. you can say, hey, we're going to sign up for a league, it needs to be bound lists, you can take one combined arms attachment, one allies attachment, that's it. Mm-hmm. You're running the league. You can define the rules. Yeah. And the thing is, you have to realize, too, if you're like, oh, a lot of the people might not want to play that, even if you get, like, four people to join the league. That's league, true, yeah. People, it's still three other people that you're going to be having a rotating thing. You can make your own rules to the league to make that interesting, just four people. Like, yeah. oh, you can't switch your list until you do the, the round robin of everyone. And yeah. then everyone can change their list because, oh, playing those three people, it didn't work a certain way. I want to change this. Now we play each other again. Yeah. Or, but the alternative, if you're getting really sick of fluff bunnies bringing, like, named characters and spending the first hour telling you their story, mm-hmm. say, like, no, we're playing hard boys, a school, you can bring whatever the hell you want, unbound, crazy formations, it can be gray plastic, mm-hmm. like, no restrictions, bring your B-face list. Yeah. If that's what you want. Super competitive league, yeah. Organize that league. Yeah. And if people like it, they'll show up. If people don't, well, you know, for next time, not but to do it. But the same thing, same rules apply. Like, if you get four or five people that enjoy the same thing, at least you're getting those games that you enjoy. That's true. But uh, what I find as an organizer for, not for leagues, but for campaigns, I'm doing this right now because I've uh, floated ideas on my local forums for the next campaign. And with this campaign, it's like, what the ideas have floated is painting requirements. Mm-hmm. So I've heard of a rule through the independent characters, through one of their local scenes, through some of the co-hosts of the show, where they have a rule where every miniature has preferred enemy against unpainted miniatures. That is the, um, I believe, 
No, maybe not the the main tournament, the Astronomicon. Or it's it's one of the stores or yeah. clubs that is that like a great they participate in. Like, I'm pretty sure not grand tournament, but it's like one of the major clubs in the yeah. area before the independent characters yeah. stop recording and stuff. But I, I thought that was a really cool rule. Yeah. It encourages people to paint and stuff. And I post this online, and like half my club like flipped out and said like, yeah. it's like no, this is bullshit. I and I, I I'm sympathetic to some of it because yeah. It's a tough rule to enforce. How do you define a painted miniature? Some people don't have time to paint it. They're working too hard, or yeah. they don't like. They don't want to spend money to like ship it off to get yeah. painted. Where some people do and stuff, no. but like, that's what I want to play. I want to play with a game with fully painted miniatures, and I think that should be, if not a requirement, it should be encouraged. Okay, so what your rule is, and I've seen this. I was just looking at a tournament. I think maybe in Barry, mm-hmm. um, in a few weeks. That has that rule as well. Right. Um, so it is a very common rule that a lot of people use. Mm-hmm. Um, however, that affects the game. Mm-hmm. Okay, the game that you're playing, it's affected. Um, you should talk to Julian because he came up with a painting rubric for additional points to your league score. Yeah. That I don't think it's been enforced into, into our league, but he did have it, he did come up with it. So you might do amazing. You might go undefeated, but the guy that goes undefeated minus one game. So he goes, you know, he goes undefeated, almost, but he but doesn't he lost, get any. But he lost one point. game, right? Mm-hmm. But he like bought stuff during the tournament from the store. He he had unpainted models that he painted. He based models. His hobby progress adds additional points to his lead. Yeah. So even though you brought a great army, but it was all plastic because you just bought it for that tournament for yeah. that league to just clean house. The guy that actually had made some hobby progress actually wins. Yeah, so you can incorporate bonus rules or bonus points for different aspects of the hobby that you think are important. Now what I'm balancing is I want to incorporate some of these rules because I think they're important. However, I don't want to alienate a number of players, so many players that I don't have enough to run a campaign. And it's similar with leagues, too. You need a certain number of players to have a successful league. Yeah. So, that that's definitely an important balancing act you need to look at. So, talk to your player group, talk to your club about how this works. But at the same time, be prepared to be firm about it. Like, if the community split down the middle, just say, you know what, we're doing it my way, you don't like it, don't play, we'll do something different next time. Yeah, next time, yeah. I mean, yeah. the league can only be, like, you can set up a league as long as you want, but, like, two months, right? Like, two or three months. Two or three yeah, months generally. is most you're probably getting your league. Now, also, um, maybe your, like, your club is, is smaller or something. That's They don't mm-hmm. have a person that constantly organizes stuff. You guys might be kind of, like, in a bit of a lull. Yeah. Right? Starting up a league, even if it's just... Organized like you didn't think up of a cool concept or something like that. Just organized games where you get games in. Yeah, man, that could like bring life back into the community. Yeah, it can bring players back who've been out of the loop for a while. Mm-hmm. It can get people playing mm-hmm. who haven't played. You can bring new players in who want to learn about the game. That's something I'm kind of on the fence about is whether or not a league is a good place to learn about to learn how to play the game. We have some some brand new players in our league, and. I know that for some people, it's a little like, oh, great, I'm with this person. I have to teach them how to play while I beat them. Yeah, that's true. Like, I don't want to lose to them. I want to still do well in the league. Yeah. But I have to teach them as I'm... 
They, yeah. I feel bad almost like beating you. Yeah. Because I have to win. Right. Well, that's how I face is like, I'm going to try and teach you the best, but like, I'm also going to try and win this game. Yeah. And I'm not going to give you a leg up. But like, we have club days and specifically request learning games. I have no problem teaching. Yeah, not at all. Like, if I've paid an entrance fee and there's like a prize on the line, I'm like, I want to win. I don't want to talk you into a victory. Yeah. Yeah. So, might not be the best, best place to learn a game, but hey, if you're okay with losing, then it's probably fine. Yeah. Okay, so to sum it all up. Why do you want to participate in the league? Get the games in. That's yeah. probably the biggest thing. You want to play some games, participate in the league, get those uh, organized, get those scheduled, and play. Mm. Uh, another great thing, meeting people. Um, if you're new to an area, you just moved to a new city, you know, throw your hat in for a league, get scheduled with like four or five people for mm-hmm. games, just made four or five friends. Yeah, man. It gets you involved in the community, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like that's, that's exactly what you're saying. Um you know, brand new to a city. Not even brand new to a city, just brand new to the game almost. Like, okay, you've started collecting, yeah, you've been to a store a few times, you've played a few games with people here and there, but those people are part of a close-knit community that meet every Saturday or whatever yeah. day of the week you meet to play to play Warhammer, right? Gets you in there meeting those people. It's not like you're standing on the guy, you're the guy yeah. standing, like, in the corner. You're there meeting everybody, playing everyone. Yeah, exactly. And also, like, I mean, if it's your, if it's your thing... And a fair amount of leagues have them. There's prizes to be won. Yeah, yeah for sure. That's you can't ignore that. Yeah, I mean, even if yeah. like I know my league, there's no there's no entry fee. Mm-hmm. However, there's only trophies. There's no like prizes. Yeah, but you get to spit on the losers. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Man, I've been missing out on that. <laughs> um, when I first got back in the hobby, I found my club. Went to a couple club days and then signed up for a league. And I got to know a lot of people. I got acquainted with the new rules, with the new edition. It was awesome. I've also played in a league where I got stomped in the face Mm -hmm. repeatedly. And you know what? I still love fun. So definitely something you want to try out. There's a lot of different types of leagues. We're not going to name all of them. I will plug iToy Soldiers. Uh, contact Sizzly on there or just contact like the website administration they can run leagues as well um, I know there's other styles like ladder styles Jay's mentioned echelons I don't know I've heard a lot of different websites that do leagues I don't know which ones are still active but like that it, they're out there mm-hmm. and honestly you can research how a league is done in sports and just run pen and paper Exactly, man. So, it's not. It's not that hard. You don't need like science. fancy technology. Yeah. Cool, man. I think that uh, sums up our talk on leagues today. I think so. I think we're gonna take another short break and go beyond. segment where we talk about games other than 40k mm-hmm. so i've been doing a lot of painting and just call of duty that's about it <laughs> and i have been doing a lot of painting and watching wrestling <laughs> <laughs>
Honest, I'm not no lies here. WWE. Oh yeah, yeah. I didn't even know those. Well, it's did. great background stuff. I didn't know you'd come back into that. <laughs> I started watching Battlestar again. Does that count as other games? Seems that we just finished the series like two months ago. Maybe. It was like five months ago. Holy oh, shit. Um, anyways, um, even though we haven't been playing too many other games, yeah, I still want to talk about some stuff about other games. Oh, fine. <laughs> um... So, the X-Wing World Championships mm-hmm. were just this past weekend. I, I have no idea. Or just this week. Actually, I think it was just, like, yesterday. Oh, shit. Um, now, X-Wing is interesting to me because when I first got started getting into it, I was like, oh, this is so cool. You can, like, make your own force and stuff. And, like, you can really customize, like, how you want to play. Yeah, if you want to play competitive, there's, like, certain ships that you run with these skills and maybe you tweak it a tiny little bit to more your play style but like there are the top 16 lists and it seems like after the world championships everyone just runs those lists interesting until the next wave comes out and people kind of change it up a little bit so you can play x-wing but you can't run vespids is what you're saying (laughs) yeah basically (laughs) vespids exactly (laughs) um that's if you want to be competitive obviously sure anyway so here you know way more about X-Wing than I do. You know the individual units more. Yeah, but that's not to say I'm an expert. No, you're not an expert, but you yeah. know a lot more than I do. So I want to... They have a list here of the top ships um, from each faction. Okay. The top three ships from each faction that were used during the World Championships. Okay. I haven't seen this, so I, I'm interested. Yeah. Okay. You, you have my attention. So we're going to go... Um, we're going to start with Rebels. Actually, we're going to start with Scum because Rebels ended up winning. Okay, yeah. So the, the okay, do Rebels So we'll start with Scum. Okay. okay. So I'm going to go from three to one. Okay. Or so like right? third yeah. and then... Third, second, okay. first. Yeah. Okay, so third. IG-88C, Aggressor. Okay. Okay. Number two, IG-88B, Aggressor. Okay. Interesting that that's it for the IG-88. Because the number one was Syndicate Thug in a Y-Wing. Interesting. Okay. I was really now, hoping. why is that interesting? I was really hoping you didn't see IG-88. <laughs> yeah, right. Everyone was just running the IG-88 for uh, The, the IG-88 build, um, they share pilot abilities. Mm-hmm. That's like their free upgrade or mm-hmm. something. So, so you always have like more ships with multiple. Yeah, but I think the build generally is run two at about 50 points apiece. So maybe that's what they were. Yeah, possibly. Because B is IG-88. Like the oh, the I've, one the one you see in the movies, like the main IGA, yeah. that's B. Yeah. So anyone doesn't know X Wing has played hundred points. Typically that's three ships per side. Depending on what type of if you're running yeah. a swarm it can be six, but yeah. Yeah. I run two generally. Mm-hmm. Um Y Wing, Syndicate Thug. So my roommate who got an X Wing with me, he runs he's gotten in the scum and he runs a Y Wing. Uh, he's been playing around with the build, but he runs like a triple shot Y wing, so mm-hmm. it shoots three times. Oh wow! Where a ship's only supposed to shoot once. Yeah, yeah. This fucker shoots three times. Yeah. So it's pretty deadly. But again, he's been playing with it, so it only shoots twice now or some bullshit. Mm-hmm. But okay, okay, cool. cool. So next we'll go to uh, Imperials. Okay. So uh, then, okay, prediction. Yeah. Decimator is in there. Okay, that's your, I, pred- I, that's I, your I prediction. Look, that's your yeah. prediction. Okay. Okay. So we'll start at number three. Uh, Omicron group pilot in the Lambda shuttle. Okay. Which is the... I, I uh, know what a Lambda is. Yeah, the Lambda the shuttle, for anyone who doesn't know, is, if you don't play X-Wing, 
That's the in Return of the Jedi, the the shuttle that has like the three wings that fold. Yeah, it's the white shuttle. Yeah, yeah. the transport shuttle basically. Imperial but you shuttle. fill them with like a bunch of buffs that boost other people. Yeah, generally, and it's got some. Yeah, which lead to the next two. Okay. Uh, number two, which I thought was going to be number one, was um, Soon Tier Fell in the Interceptor. Okay. A lot of people run that guy. He's a great ace. Yeah. Right. Interceptors are disgusting. Yeah. Um, I thought that was going to be number one because it seems like every battle report I watch, people are rocking that guy. Okay. Number one was Darth Vader and the TIE Advanced. Oh, because they just boosted the TIE Advanced with the uh, upgrades. Oh, did they? The, oh, now it's better than it was before because yeah. before the TIE Advanced was pretty garbage. Yeah, the Imperial Raider released a few cards that were like deadly. Mm-hmm. Like, gave it essentially, like, oh, you can get an upgrade for minus five, and, like, shit, something mm-hmm. like that. Um, so, Decimator not on the so list. So, Decimator wasn't on the list. No. Okay, uh... Okay, so, hold on, Rebels. Rebels, let's take a guess. Uh, what just came out for Rebels recently? I'll just say B-Wing, because B-Wing's disgusting. Okay. Do you have any other guesses? It is a top three, so... Uh... I don't play competitively, so I'm not sure. Let me think. Rebels. Uh, E-Wing's pretty good. I like the YT twenty four hundred, but that's mm-hmm. I don't know how competitive that is. Mm-hmm. Uh, X wing probably not. Uh, God, this is tough, Jay. Okay, well let's go into it then. Okay, no, oh K wing, the K wing, okay. yeah, K wing, B wing, and E wing. Okay, um, you got one right, <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> but it was a tie for third place. Okay, so the tie for third place is. Bo Dameron in the T seventy X Wing, which is the new yeah, the X-Wing, new X Wing from the and Force Awakens. Poe Dameron is that a, that's probably a new character as well. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, I think. Right. Um, but that is tied with a Blue Squadron B Wing. Okay. Okay. Um, number two is Bandit Squadron in a Z ninety five. What is the Z ninety five? Um, so Z ninety five is a. It looks like an X-wing, except it only has two wings instead oh, of four, yeah, yeah. and it's like it's like a shitty X-wing. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have a hyperdrive in terms of stats. It has two across the board. That's it's the bad, cheapest yeah. Rebel ship you can get. Like oh, okay. you get it for like twelve or fourteen. Well, that's points. probably why. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Like it would be integral to a Rebel mm-hmm. swarm build. Um, and number one for the Rebels, which was the winner of the World Championships, had a Gold Squadron Y-wing. Y-Wings, interesting. Mm-hmm. I always overlook the... I don't know. I, the Y-Wings, not my favorite. So, um, first, the guy who plays first, mm-hmm. Paul Heaver, ran Poe Dameron in that... Uh, in the Poe T-70. Dameron was in the T-70, yeah. With R2-D2, Veteran Instincts, and Auto Thrusters. Okay. Had a Gold Squadron pilot... From Y-Wing. Was from the Y-Wing. With R three A two, I don't know, I don't know who that is. Yeah. Uh, BTL A four Y wing, that allows it to fire its turret in addition to its main weapons. Okay, but the turret can only fire forward as yeah. opposed to three sixty. Oh, okay, and yeah. twin link laser turret. Yeah, and the twin link laser turret's good. That's the one. You remember the turret is running on the K wing? Yeah, that's oh, okay. Yeah, and then he took another gold squadron pilot with a twin laser turret, and then a bandron, bat, bandit squadron pilot. Interesting. Which obviously was in that Z95 just to get those extra points. Yeah, I don't even own any Y-Wings. Mm-hmm. My roommate owns the one for the scum. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. Um, Interesting. 
Yeah, so that's kind of the X-Wing stuff I wanted to talk about, get your, get your opinion on. So, um, have you got any new X-Wing stuff since we last I haven't got any new X-Wing stuff. Probably, I'm thinking later this month, I'm more, I have a little bit more I gotta buy for Tau. Yeah. Are you then, still keen on X-Wing? Oh, yeah, no, no, I'm keen on X-Wing. Okay, I like cool. X-Wing. I just, with all the new Tau stuff, my money is just like, it's going here. That makes sense. Right? Yeah. But, um. Come, you were super keen. Like, yeah, no, come, yeah. come Christmas time, I'm gonna start really building up that X-Wing force. Yeah. I mean, the, yeah, well, X-Wing, but cool. Imperials. Um, so, uh, I wanted to mention, uh, Fantasy Flight Star Wars role-playing. Mm-hmm. So my friend, uh, my classmate, I invited him to participate in my Old Republic campaign that's, like, focused on Jedi, like, most characters, Padawans, mm-hmm. are investigating, like, this crazy Sith insurgency and shit like that. Well, I, at some point, when it's no spoilers for my players, I'll go in detail, but... My buddy just, like, died after two sessions, dived in with both feet in the system. He bought the rule book, the GM kit, the, uh, the beginner session. He's like, yeah, man, this is really cool. And he's played other, like, D20 systems mm-hmm. before, which are very much, like, uh, like math-heavy, like, number crunching, where the Fantasy Flight game system is very narrative. Mm-hmm. So you roll dice, like, what the fuck are these symbols? These are numbers, like... That's an explosion. That's an imperial symbol. It's like, well, tell me what those symbols mean. Yeah. What What does that mean? Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, I make it up. You You kind of just give it. You breathe life into the story. Yeah. And that's the thing I love about that game. Is it's well, you're a storyteller, so it, it's it collective really storytelling. You, yeah. Though mm-hmm. it's like me, you, and three other people are coming up with the story. Anyway, so as it goes, as we play along, we're coming up with the story. Yeah. So it's interesting to see this guy who's played like a lot of role playing in a very like heavily structured presumably I haven't played D twenty systems, but presumably a heavily structured environment. Mm-hmm. Like really diving into this strong narrative environment. So. Yeah. Actually like so I haven't ever played a game of uh, Edge of the Empire. I've gone through the rules. I understand how it's played. Mm-hmm. Um I just don't have a strong community here yeah. to play these role playing games with. However, I have come up with a character that I would love to if I could be like a come down to Windsor yeah. for, for a weekend or a night or whatever and join in on your campaign as like a, as an appearance to your campaign. Sure. Cause I, I can make, I, Jay, I can make, I've come happen. up with a great character okay. for Edge of the, I always thought I wanted to be like that, like gunfighting or like assassin type guy. And I didn't want to be like, whenever I play like Knights of the Old Republic or any of those role playing games, I'm never the talkative guy. I'm always the, aggressive, get stuff done, whether it's shooting okay. or fighting, right? However, the other day I came up with a character that's, like, amazing at talking. Okay. Very good at, I'm not sure what skills, though, that would be. That would be an charm, presence as a Stuff like that, right? Yeah. Very good looking, very good at talking. Definitely charm, presence, Very, yeah. very, very good at talking to women. And the reason why is because he's an intergalactic porn star. <laughs> Very, very handsome, very smooth talker. (laughs) (laughs) However, his career came to an end because he got older and the intergalactic porn scene is very young and they're into some weird stuff. (laughs) So his time is over and he turned to smuggling. And he's a scoundrel, so he's very good at talking. Yeah, that's right. If if there's ever a woman in the scene, like if it's a woman bartender, he's able to charm her into whatever she wants. Why? Because he's a porn star. (laughs) However, it kind of backfires on him because he is, he's not a celebrity. He's not like a Hollywood celebrity. Okay. 
But he's still, some people might still recognize him. Like Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> exactly, man. <laughs> okay, important question. Yeah. What species is this See, guy? okay, so I always... It's strange. I never play as any alien species. I always play as human. It's just my instinct, man. I, oh, I still picture him as like a human scoundrel porn star. Look, Jay, if you're going to run this character... Gotta be a minimum of three dicks. <laughs> so I have to be an alien, is what you're saying. Mm-hmm. At least a couple of tentacles. <laughs> Otherwise, I don't think it's dirty enough for the intergalactic. Yeah, that's true. If you're gonna go porn star, you might as well go like full interracial. Interspecies. Interspecies, yeah. <laughs> Just like, a, oh, I can't even think. Like a Wookiee and a. Fucking Mon Cal or something. <laughs> like just, he's the Mon. Oh, he's the Mon Calorari fucking hair to uh, scale, man. That's how it goes. Um, but yeah, I'd love to come down to Windsor and play my porn star character. Ah, uh, we should make that happen. <laughs> just turn the cameras off. <laughs> um, oh god, I was gonna say something. I just started laughing. No, that like the the fucking great thing about that system is you can make that happen. Yeah. Just, you can, like, there's no gender-specific rules, but, mm-hmm. like, okay, I've got an example, actually. So, I was recently running a session, and, um, we, the characters came to this NBC who was a, uh, she was a Natolan. I don't know if you know what that is. Nope. It's, like, this fish person with, like, big, glassy black eyes and, mm-hmm. like, all these tentacles for hair. Kind of like a Twilight. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. I see. There's a Jedi that's one. Yeah, it's one yeah. of the Jedi Councils. The uh, yeah. Fist, no, Kist Findo or something. Fist Kindo. Yeah, okay. I know which way you're yeah. The green and, guy, yeah. Yeah, so I pictured this, like, super slender, blue, like, uh, sultry woman, Natalin. I'm like, okay, well, everyone, you enter the room. I describe where you see her. Now, any straight male character has to take, and, or gay female character has mm-hmm. to take a... Uh, discipline check mm-hmm. and this is the difficulty and if you and I didn't tell the players but I was thinking like if any of them said I don't find that species attractive I'm like okay well you can get a boost for that check Yeah, none of them declared that and then one of the characters was the same species I'm like okay well you get a setback because you find her super attractive because you're the same yeah, species yeah, yeah, yeah. and stuff so like but like that's that type of stuff isn't set out in the rules, mm-hmm. but, like, if we're running your character... It's such can, an like, open format. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, it's almost like the ultimate role-playing game. It's like, hey, we're giving you a loose set of rules. Have fun with it. But that's exactly what yeah, it is. Yeah. And, like, there's so much... It's all about interpretation and all about kind of rolling with it. One problem with that system is sometimes the players get a little uppity. Mm-hmm. So they're like, no, this isn't how I interpret that ruling or that situation. This yeah. is how we should do it. Well, you're the game master, man. That's the yeah, end. that's when you got to put your foot yeah, down. That's... Yeah, Vio's a player like that. So you, <laughs> ima- you might be able to imagine. Yeah. <laughs> we get a lot of arguments. <laughs> By we, I mean whoever's GMing in Vio. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no. Um, if you haven't checked out Fantasy Flight's role playing system for Star Wars, highly recommend it. They also have a Warhammer forty uh, k system. Mm-hmm. Actually, they have five Warhammer forty k systems. Really? Yeah, different ones. Like you play as Inquisitorial Acolytes, you play as Guardsmen, you play as Chaos Cultists. Actually, um, so. I'm also going to pick up as soon as it comes out. I don't think it's come out yet, but pretty soon. Um, the end of the world RPG series. Yeah, I want to get the um, 
uh, Alien Invasion one, I'm pretty sure. Is it the next one coming? That's the next one. They yeah. have uh, the zombie one. They have the Wrath of the Gods one. And I think the Alien Invasion one is next, and yeah. that's the and one. Then that there's I want to pick Rise up. of the Machines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard those were interesting, but they're not super deep. That's but kind of okay for the people that I'm probably playing with. Well, if you're time. playing with like a group new to role playing, yeah, perfect, it's probably right? a great yeah. thing to play. Yeah, so I really want to. Yeah. I, I do want to check so out. Interesting, I so. do want to check out that system because you're supposed to like make yourself as a character. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. why I want to play it. It seems it's so different from rather like if you're not into fantasy or you're not really into sci-fi. Yeah, all those different things. Like, I don't want to be a dwarf. One, I can be myself. I, I, I can be myself. It's like a video game. It's like any type of video game I want it to be. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's no, cool. that's cool. It's right. like everyone's seen a zombie movie, yeah. right? So. Yeah. I want to be Ian, and I brought all and these guns. To, and you get so. to play it. It's like the apparently the rule set is like you can play it in your town. So it's like, well, in my drawer, I keep this. So yeah. I'm going back to my house to grab this. Well, right? like think if you, you, I don't know if the system uses maps, but if you need to, oh, here's a Google print off of Toronto. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What do we do? Mm-hmm. Like, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting. I want to pick that up. But yeah. Yeah. yeah All right. I think that's uh, pretty much it for Beyond the Rim. Sounds good, man. We'll just wrap up the show. Well, that's it for uh, this episode. Um, what episode are we on? Four? I think this is the fourth episode, yeah. Wow. Further than I ever thought. <laughs> One and done. <laughs> <laughs> no, man. I'm having fun doing this, dude. It's, yeah. it's good to like talk about 40K, just get in-depth about it everything like that. No, for it's sure. fun and people listening to it, so that's great. Just keep listening to it, guys. Uh, like the Facebook page. Tell your friends. Tell your friends. Tell everyone about it if they play 40K. Yeah, uh, other games too you know we have a Facebook page so like if you want us to talk about something write it on the Facebook page we'll put it in the next podcast because like, mm-hmm. there is like a two week period so as soon as you hear this write about it we might be able to fit it in in the next yeah. episode Some our recording schedule is a little weird because we live so far apart sometimes we record well in advance or it's like right down to the wire yeah. so like we're recording this now Friday night I'm hoping to get it out by Monday mm-hmm. where other episodes like recorded two or three weeks in advance yeah but I think now that we're in the swing of things, it'll be easier to do. Yeah, much closer. Recording yeah. day will be closer to the air date. Mm-hmm. So, facebook.com slash wrong side of the maelstrom. iToy Soldiers. I've been trying to get a blog going for the website or for the podcast. Uh, local stores. If you're in Windsor Brimstone Games on Walker, just south of Easy Road, that's where I hang out. Greater Table Warrior. Greater Windsor Table Warriors, also on iToy Soldiers. Yeah, and you know what? I also want to mention on the Facebook page, man. You guys add your photos of your stuff, man. I want to see what you guys are painting too. We can talk about it because you guys, you guys see our stuff. You comment on our stuff. Let's see your stuff, man. Let's have a conversation. I'm sure your stuff is fucking awesome too, man. Oh, it's probably more than mine. Yeah, no, I just want to you know mention Meeple Mart downtown, Dundas and Spadina. Awesome prices, man. Awesome people. Super helpful. Dueling grounds, great community there. They got a large gaming area. Lots of magic there, too, if you're into card games. They have a lot of stuff they run there. And, of course, Games Workshop, Young and Lawrence. Awesome staff. Awesome gaming community. Love oh, that place. Man. Also, X-Planet, who held that tournament. We yeah, yeah X-Planet. I want to I go there and play them again, man. Yeah. Fun um, store there. 
Maple Mart, they have their playing area open yet? Um, I okay, I think the last time I saw they're gonna put up a temporary playing area. They had a shipment delay or something like that. Okay. They were gonna get like new tables delivered or like new um furniture for the playing area. Ooh. Because their playing area was sick, man. It had like oh, table yeah. it had like a nice lazy boys around a TV, oh, no, lots of tables for magic, of the, lots of tables for one of if not the best. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, like a bathroom too, which is helpful. So many, yeah. Um so they had a bit of a delay, so I think they opened up a temporary gaming area. That's good. Uh, just to get the community coming back, man. Because when you're down for a month, you're going to start losing customers. It's been a while. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but I know that they're planning on getting it back yeah. up as soon ASAP, which yeah. is awesome because, man, the terrain at that place is better than Games Workshop, which is the place I go to a fair amount. But their terrain is just phenomenal. Yeah, I, it's, a, it, it's at least on par. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, all three of the transfers you mentioned are or plus X Planet. Yeah, yeah, all the three of those mm-hmm. are phenomenal. Four of those with X Planet, mm-hmm. Brimstone. It's club train. It's beat up. Yeah, it's no. Sorry, it is loved. <laughs> That's actually it. no. Um, one of the employees just built this. Yeah, it was a few weeks ago now, but the, he built this like lava table. Sweet, it's, it's sweet. sweet yeah. yeah, I've played on it a few times. Uh, yeah, anything else you want to add? I think that's it, man. Alright, well, uh, thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you on the wrong side of the next